0: Body and welcome to our second episode of The Cup, brought to you by Cup of Hemlock Theatre. I am once again Mackenzie Horner, the panelist chair for this uh, particular episode. I'm joined by friend of the company and returning panelist, Jill. Hello, Jill. Hello, cheers.
1: Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. What hmm a- what is in the drink today so i've actually come quite themed today okay um, so i first i'll start with my outfit i have my little coriolanus shield earrings you know represent the warrior-esque i'm also wearing a roman-esque maxi skirt that you can't see but yes just pretend that you can and then, okay. um i am drinking coffee whiskey by a uh, distillery in Amherstburg, Ontario, which is a county town right near my hometown of Windsor, Ontario, and it is called Wolfhead Distillery, ergo paying homage to the wolf imagery in Cariolanus. Very
0: good, very good. We're also joined by the literary manager of Cup of Hemlock, Ryan Barakovich. Hello, Ryan.
2: Hello, Mac. Thanks for having me back.
0: Um, My (laughs) pleasure, my pleasure. What's in your mug today?
2: I have orange pico tea, same as last week. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. And last but certainly not least, we are joined by Edmund Clark, our production manager of Cup of Hemlock. Ed, how are you?
3: I'm doing quite well.
0: Same mug as last time. I see what is in it this time.
3: Uh, this time it's water. I I mean, if we're if we're gonna do these late, I I don't want to drink coffee. <laughs> fair
0: enough, fair enough. And I have my tankard of water as well.
3: Nice, a tanker, two mugs, and a glass.
0: There there you go. I feel like that's a sitcom by like Chuck Lorre right there. (laughs) 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 So in case you haven't read the title of this episode, uh, this week we are covering Robert Lepage's 2018 production of Coriolanus, which was performed at the Stratford Festival. It's currently online at the Stratford Festival uh, YouTube page, so you can definitely check that out, as well as a pre-show chat with Andre Styles, the actor who uh, portrayed Coriolanus, as well as Roberto LaPage, the director, and A.T. Chimlino, the artistic director, as well as a full cast reunion they did online as well. So there's lots of great goodies on there to go and watch after you've watched our lovely panel. So as we did last time, we'll start with the major question that we start every episode with is, who stood out for this performance? And this time Ed, we're gonna start with you. Okay. Who who stood out to you?
3: So there there were two that stood out uh, okay. to me, and that okay. was uh the gentleman who played Junius Brutus. Okay,
4: comic
3: uh, Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. uh no, uh well no. Yeah, no. him too. Uh, he played uh Meninius. Meninius. Meninius, oh, Meninius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, so menenius and Brutus uh brutus be, because I, I just i just really enjoyed his uh the form he took on throughout the entire performance uh with the cane and i uh, just like just i guess just as as an actor there was an appreciation there with his gestures and mm-hmm. uh, just his pleasantry and in, in his voice right he, he really i mean amongst all these people who are arguing and yelling and um you know it was it was nice to see that there was a that there was a tribune that was that was keeping things pretty tempered um ah, okay. then, oh this, uh, is this is
0: stephen yes, olmet this yeah. is stephen who also played, the, played the, fool the fool last
3: week, week. yes yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: okay he made my yeah. other <laughs> he made my other list of characters for this one yeah, okay. cool. yeah
3: no, so we'll it's get there
1: that's
3: a, <laughs> a theme uh yep. and then the other one i, I put was yeah Meneneus, Meneneus,
1: Yes.
3: Menenius. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Menenius. Yeah, N- yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like Nemo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, no, he had a very like very nice voice. Uh yes. very witty with the text, uh, which I really mm-hmm. liked, and um rhythmic you could you could continue to follow along. I, I will say that his choice it, it were or his execution of like rhythms became a bit repetitive uh, at mm-hmm. times, to where it was like, okay, we we get it, pretty and kind of grounded. But I mean, uh, overall, I, I was I was I was always uh, impressed with the scene. So those he would was be like the a true
0: politician. Me. Politicians yeah, once yeah. they get their stump speech and kind of vocabulary down, they don't <laughs> change it. So he kind of knew. There exactly you go. He was Whatever works say. works,
3: right? Yeah, It's true. It like why, why fix it, it yeah. broke? So yeah, those would be the two for me.
0: Fantastic. Well, well said. Jill, how about you? Who was your standout shout out of the episode?
1: Wonderful transition because Mm -hmm. I um, also thought that Tom uh, MacMiss stood out the best for me as Um, Menemius. I also think he did a brilliant job of what this production of Coriolanus did is is tying tradition to modernity. And he Mm -hmm. did that a lot in his physicality and his, uh, like, speech. Um, so he was very, he was such a grounded presence through a yeah, piece yeah. that was, uh, I think similar to what we talked about the fool and King Lear last week. He, to me was like a guide in a sense that, um, you know, it was a, it was a beautiful bridging of look, look at this text that I'm using, but in a modern sense. And so anybody can understand if you're yeah. Shakespeare literate or illiterate. So, um, and you could just tell he had such experience up there too. And um, yeah, so definitely he, he won that prize for me this week, but I'm also a giant fan of Andre Sills and everything he does. So yeah. <laughs> um, I also thought he he played really well with like the closeness of his text and the mm-hmm. specific phys- physicality he chose towards um the relationships he had in in the show to mm-hmm. you know and their the variations you know how he interacted with volumia how he interacted with Virgilia, how he interacted with Ophidius it was so specific mm-hmm. and he matched his text with that too so um again mm-hmm. i had the pleasure of seeing him in an octoroon and master harold and the boys too and he oh, like Charles. tom and Hammett's, like he just has that presence and that grounding factor mm-hmm. that can really lead the way so he was a close second, but I have to have to give props to Tom for my
2: gotcha.
1: first Very good. first prize, yeah.
0: Ryan, how about you? See,
2: I hate being last on these things because I was also gonna say Meninius was definitely a big highlight. Oh. But I, I, I think of others, so don't worry. I also kind of in the same spirit that last week I said you can't really praise Lear without praising the star playing Lear, who was yeah you know, in that case. So obviously, yeah, Andre is the star of this show. And it mm-hmm. is all kind of... It, he makes her breaks, whether it you know works. But I think I will say an unconventional place. I think Michael Blake as commonist really did stand out to me in a very understatement. Oh. Much like when he was in Albany last week in King Lear, which we didn't yes. really... Talk about much, but he has like just a great way of like filling out the cast, playing those mm-hmm. very important yet understated roles. And yeah, seeing these two in a row really did cement. Yes, I like him a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. He and is going to really be in to next him. week's mm-hmm. uh, show of Macbeth, where I believe he or I believe he plays Macduff, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken.
3: I can see that. So
0: he will come back again. Mm-hmm. Is and he, he a right.
3: company actor? Like he's, on the uh, he's
0: one of the few that comes back every uh, uh, quite often. There's a few yeah. principal players at the festival who my personal favorite, who actually is one of the main principal players, is Lucy Peacock as uh, Volumnia. Is that right, Volumnia, Ryan? Is that how you say her name? Yes, I've always, volumnia. Uh, yeah, volumnia, I've I've volum- volumnia.
2: I've always volumnia. done like a long U, but I don't know okay. what's
0: correct. Very good. Well, well mother, Lucy right? Peacock as Volumnia, who is Coriolanus' mother. Yeah. Uh she was uh well okay, I'm a Boss, I I actually have worked with her and she's yeah. wonderful. Off stage, but on stage, she just crackles. Mm-hmm. Like the first time she walks into a scene that is just the weaving scene, with yeah. like with, like mother and like, like she plays every relationship wonderfully on stage, whether it's yeah. mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. or, or you see her totally domineering this poor life <laughs> of Coriolanus, where she's like all over her like the total momager she's kind of like on the road of gypsy where she just comes in and she just steals the scene she's in like that whole speech where she's really standing on a table talking down to coriolanus at the end where it's just her for like 10
1: with minutes this, this specific uh production too I, I love how she first came out of the the gate with such a boisterous voice too It's yeah. like oh volumnia like there's the volume you yeah. know like overpowering in a sense that way mm-hmm. and then also just to touch on um the costuming of this production specifically mm-hmm. too in that wonderfully staged um scene with her and Virgilia that we see mm-hmm. um their first relationship uh the contrast in costumes too you yes. know like Volumnia had that like, she had like the gaudy necklace and like oh the, yeah like, like draped extravaganza yes. going on mm-hmm. whereas Virgilia was more tamed her necklace was like a tiny crucifix like you know yep. there was
5: mm-hmm. um
1: so I feel like Lucy, she did, as the actress, she, she married, you know, the, the she, production mm-hmm. value of Blue Nib to her her, yeah. uh, her interpretation of it really mm-hmm. well, too. Mm-hmm.
0: She's fantastic. Like, whether, like, she always comes across as just this power, like, never, I don't think I've ever seen her play a more quieter character. She comes across as she's just such a powerhouse. The minute you cast her in any role, you know she's going to come on stage and just...
1: I did want her to be a bit more crass, Near the end, mm. and just a bit more ballsy, I guess, and grounded in mm-hmm. her final, you know, um, speech and off to Coriolanus. Yeah, um that so that fell a little bit flat for me, but mm-hmm. it, again, it wasn't like distracting in any sense. Yeah. But I think it's just because I personally that that speech just really gets gets underneath um, my mm. skin and in, in all the right ways <laughs> too. So it's you know I kind of was approaching it with a critical eye, anyways. But
0: yeah, yeah. oh, so good. I mean, the entire cast, I mean, this was a great cast that Robert Lepage and Ethan Trivillino put together for their highlight show of the season, because, I mean, this season you had, that, that season you had Coriolanus, as well as The Tempest with Martha Henry, mm-hmm. so you had two really nice, big uh shows that year, and both casts are, from, we'll get to The Tempest, because that's coming up in a few weeks, but yeah, Robert Lepage had a lot of fun with this cast, you can tell they worked for really sure well together, but uh as we as we talked about last week there are some characters who just don't hit their mark and mm-hmm. yeah i mean i kind of alluded to some of the people who were on my list when when ed was talking so i'll jump so i'll, I'll, I'll kick us off this time around but i oh, have do to do say i have to say steven olmet as janius brutus and tom rooney as yes, of velcro yeah so the two of them individually were fine it's yeah. the fact that together they weren't all that fantastic. They kind of just vanillaed into each other. And unlike I, other Roman plays, where like you have like Cassius and Brutus on stage and they're very distinct characters, I left that show. I've even after watching it multiple times. That's kind of go. Yeah, they're kind of two of the same kind. I don't see enough individualization between them to get. Yeah, that's
2: contrast between. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I could definitely see that those yeah. two characters played like a very Laurel and Hardy kind of comedy duo mm-hmm. dynamic, which yeah. we didn't have here. I don't think it's necessarily wrong or bad that we didn't. No. Have, but I think, yeah, we could have had more layers to the People dynamic. We could have
0: had more layers to make an make mm-hmm. like, what's So fun fact is the day before, I got to see the, the show the day before they filmed this. And Stephen and I was actually sick. So he actually didn't come out for curtain call. <laughs> uh for that show so the next that's why he has the cane It's because he was actually sick but I, i'm like oh the cane actually works for the character right oh, Actually right. fits his character cause at least it gives him something a little bit because him and even old men have very similar face like facial structure that kind of longer uh yeah. face so and they also they both are a tenor voice. so it's that, it's that thing of like you can easily interchange them in a mm-hmm. scene you, like there's no real wavering like oh yeah that's brutus that's cast this is kind of like yeah. Hey, yeah they're kind of sitting in the office sitting across from each other Clearly one is the weaker one, one is a bit more the stronger one, but there really wasn't a lot to
3: remember. Yeah, there wasn't too much of a, of a difference yeah. between I mean, How I mm-hmm. sort of registered the characters in my mind is that they were two tribunes, I, I guess representing five tribunes, which mm-hmm. in, in all symbolized the people. Right? Yeah. yeah, Well, that's
0: exactly who their characters yeah. are. They're meant yeah. to represent so, the people, for sure. I
3: mean, yeah. yeah, that didn't see too much contrast between what mm-hmm. they were saying. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah,
1: I did like, though. I do agree with you, Mac. I did like that. That um, there was never. I feel like if if their relationship was a lot stronger and bolder. Um, I I like the. Fa- I guess okay. To spin this into like more of a positive light. Yeah. Um, they were never challenging. You could tell they were never the same challenger like on the same level as Lanus, mm-hmm. even together right so there as as I do agree with you there was there was a moment where I kept going back on my haunches being like okay but they kind of have to be a bit mundane because if yeah. they teamed up together and made Lanus equal it that wouldn't work out you know what I mean yeah. I kind of both both had to be schmucky a little bit you no, know to was, like to was, play that, that
2: I so far as to say that it wouldn't Work it would be a very different dynamic. I think certainly, like in the climax of Act Three, I would maybe have preferred to see them overpower him in a way. But mm. When he does that monologue, that I don't know, the curs, the they use or cur a lot in this play, but, yeah, right. but there's just no stopping like Andre when he gets into his element. No, it works, uh, though. which makes it hard to believe that they actually are succeeding at overpowering him in a way. Yeah,
1: well, that that's interesting. You said that Ryan too, because another like this is sort of bearing off topic a little bit, but the timelessness that this this specific Mm -hmm. production presents Mm -hmm. with Coriolanus, like I felt like I was watching multiple different eras and so -hmm. much in a sense Mm -hmm. that it was a bit Black Mirror-esque as in like, is this Mm -hmm. like a post-apocalyptic take on the show? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, in one scene I'm like, is this like a 1940s war camp that, you know, with the props and stuff kind of alluding to that. And then the next Mm -hmm. scene would be like futuristic uh, diner attire or, you know, Mm -hmm. so to t- kind of tie into that and that scene specifically too, um, like Andre exuded, you know, the traditional grounded sense of of Coriolanus, whereas like you're, you know, you're the guys are wearing suits and ties, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's that miscommunication mm-hmm. that kept popping up as well. So mm-hmm. um, it was brilliant, but in a way, I kind of had to remind my mind to be like, oh right, mm-hmm. if this isn't hitting a certain way, it's because they're kind of both operating mm-hmm. in different time frames or you know like
3: mm-hmm. i'd have to say i'd have to disagree to a certain extent about the i guess contention between coriolanus mm-hmm. and the two tribunes because i could see where execution wise that it you know they wouldn't have been able to be on on equal footing with coriolanus in those moments right it's like coriolanus is going to obviously he's going to take over the scene that's that's mm-hmm. what it, like his character does um, but I think it plays well and I think maybe if, if they had subdued or I guess suppressed their, their, uh, fighting back from, uh, against Coriolanus mm-hmm. that it would have played more into the, you know, the, the, that symbolism of people versus government, right? This yeah, yeah, yeah. is this, right. It's like, there's, mm-hmm. they. The tribunes know better than anybody else that they can't mm-hmm. fight Coriolanus or mm-hmm. that they can't out yell yeah. Coriolanus. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. if, if they had played it even smaller,
1: mm-hmm.
3: where they were, they were the more sensible and true, playing yeah. the yeah. Playing whatever schmuckiness mm-hmm. that they had, whatever, uh, uh, that uh, a bit more strongly that it would have it mm-hmm. contrasted well. So I, I mean, the, what happened on the, in the performance itself, I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily mind. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to be, I for me I wanted for them to do the reverse. I don't want them to
1: that s- would try play, to find
3: equally equal ground with Coriolanus. It would just never happen in my eyes. Yeah,
1: that would play a lot also into the chat that Andre and Andre Sills had in regards to Coriolanus, and Cam had in regards to King Lear of putting like a warrior in the position of leadership Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's like they bring their military into civility and it just like doesn't work out the same right like the dialogue Mm -hmm. is not even the same it's not even on the same Mm -hmm. page so Mm -hmm. i agree with you ed in a sense of them kind of sitting back and sort of words versus actions and sort of letting him go off and sort of be clownish in a sense because it's like there's mm-hmm. so much miscommunication yeah. just because he's flailing around and throwing mm-hmm. things over, you know, <laughs> that, that would have been, uh, that would have been an interesting approach for sure. I would
0: have liked to have seen more like there's the moment in the Senate where you see Tom Rooney get up to do his banishment speech and you see him slowly but surely look for the, look for the handkerchief, clean yeah. the glass. And I'm like, you need more of that. Cause that's where the that. work is there. Is yeah. there, is there the snakes in the uh-huh. Senate where, where, we're, yes, they won't get Coriolanus vocally, but what they can do is they can needle him enough He he was literally act out himself. Testing yeah.
1: his patience, yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah. exactly,
0: and that's, what, and that's where I'm like, that's where those villains worked, and I wish mm-hmm. we had seen more of that with them. More of that, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess, I, 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 I slowly but surely, them picking- Well, yeah. You know, same with the dark throwing, of,
1: too. You know, exactly. The exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, a there, there's of a Cori-Lanus little- Coriolanus
3: out in the yeah. battlefield and yeah. and what his tactics are and then just going adding to what you were saying it's like yeah mm-hmm. seeing more of what the senators use how they yeah. mm-hmm. get how they work the system from within yes. yeah
0: exactly so yeah so overall I think they're great individually but together they kind of just kind of vanill- vanilla each other out Ryan how about you who is somebody you feel didn't quite hit see, their
2: mark see I was keeping my mouth quiet during the earlier conversation because I was waiting till now quite honestly Lucy Peacock huh? I didn't quite hit the mark in my humble opinion. Yes! <laughs> I, I liked her in other things yeah. I've seen, but here I honestly thought like, I I get it's an interpretation of the character, like the volume is literally in the name, but yeah. just the way that she like yelled every single line,
5: mm-hmm. it was
2: very uh-huh. one note. I think personally, if I was directing that character in a production of this play, I would find a lot more nuance and like subtlety in her, she is overbearing, but just as we were discussing how the tribunes could be powerful in a sneaky quiet way, I think there is room for her character to embody a lot of that as well that we did Mm -hmm. not get any of in this performance.
5: Mm
2: -hmm. And like there is even the scene where I thought this was most bothersome for me was they called it the living room scene in one of those when like, you know, she's arguing with her son and they're like, you know, what's he gonna do? Is he going to, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. She hits
5: him yeah. and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yes. she hits him, and then she goes off into like the washroom or offstage, and he's continuing the discussion with her, and he's yelling at her, and she's yelling at him. I'm like, <laughs> she was already yelling enough, even when she was on the stage, to put that much space and like, yeah, she's a wonderful actress. But I think of all the performances in this one, I think so much of this play is hinged on the dynamic between mother and son. That for me wasn't quite
3: there mm. in this production i i i support i support ryan and <laughs> him saying that well, i you. think it i think a lot of the characters um end up yelling a lot and you know Bolomia bulum, belomia mother <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I think i think mother does kind of there are moments where i don't think it's necessary that she's so loud i think maybe in terms of projection right her voice can certainly stand out and pierce more than than others but i i think to if the goal or the, the intent is to have the voice raised the entire time then yeah it does become a bit much see i would even say that the one moment for me where she actually
2: kind of came close to like toning it down to interesting dramatic effect was in her final appearance in Act 5. Yeah. But something that I also thought was interesting about that wall was she was finally not yelling. Um, yeah. The audience was laughing during a lot of that, if at least in this recording of the video. And I think yeah. this is like one of the strongest dramatic moments of the play. So if the audience thought it was funny. I'm not sure why they thought it was funny, but I think that's indicative that something has been lost.
4: Yeah.
5: And I
2: think maybe it wasn't enough contrast or because it's so different from how she was, they thought it was comical that she was being that way. I can't just, like, analyze that particular audience, but I think that that's a sign that something was off. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Fair enough. I mean, Ryan will have to agree to disagree because I love as a character. But I mean, that's the joy of theater. Theater is all subjective. Mm -hmm. So... But one of us may like, another person may go, I saw something totally different. But that is, I love that. Because I do agree. Sometimes it can go over the top. I think for this character, being the total momager that she is, <laughs> it's, it, it sets her up as being that person who you can see throughout their entire, according to his entire life, she's been the one that's been managing him and forcing <laughs> him into situations. And yes, yeah, and berating him. So that's her So that, Something that's that maybe,
2: in for, for mm-hmm. my mind, maybe didn't help in selling that dynamic was the fact that Andre just portrayed the character so strong that mm. I never felt like he was infantilized by her right. and maybe had a lot to do with so it yell as much as she wanted it didn't mm. change his performance or demeanor and that right. might have made a big difference and maybe she yeah. wouldn't have had to yell as much if it actually did have a more clear impact on him
1: right uh, <laughs> that's one thing just to talk to that to nod to that I felt Andre's portrayal of Coriolanus was so steadfast in how he wanted to do it, which wasn't wrong by any means. But I felt like because of that and that sort of being the pivotal driving point clearly of the whole production and this one specifically, Mm -hmm. other actors you could tell were like playing to that as opposed to like playing with that. And I think Mm -hmm. unintentionally like their character stuff may have swerved away that – they maybe weren't intending or whatnot, Mm -hmm. whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's certainly not, it's not like a knock to anyone, but it's just like an interesting thing as an actor to, to think about, you know?
0: Yeah. Very true. Uh Very true. Joe, is anybody else in the cast you didn't feel quite hit their mark?
1: Um, Just in contrast to him who we saw in King Lear last week and he was my fave, um, Stephen Omet, he didn't really do it for me this time around. Cause I do agree with, with the week. Um, portrayal of of Sicinius and Brutus together. But I also found a lot of the times in those scenes, I wanted specifically more from Stephen Omet for some mm-hmm. reason. Like, again, like I get the sort of facet of that relationship he had to play or was trying to play.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I just, I wanted, I wanted there to be more, yeah. more meat to that mm-hmm. character, especially because mm-hmm. it's so easy for that character to kind of be in the background because the has a lot more of the specific and you know infamous dialogue in that relationship too so i thought he could have being the person that he is and knowing the type of actor that he is due to the interview we listened to with Comb, um how he's you know grounded and likes to Mm -hmm. play and and vulnerable and stuff like that i I just i didn't see that flushed out in his portrayal Mm -hmm. of brutus so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah fair (laughs) enough Fair enough. All right. Well the next section we always get to is
1: Oh hold under-
0: on,
3: hold on. Oh, oh <laughs> I wait. didn't I didn't tell you and I and I needed to say it.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, oh okay, as fire away. Who was who I guess was, you agree was, with Ryan? Ryan yeah. Right.
3: yeah. So, so that's not your time. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: I get I get that it's not always the actor's uh uh I guess choice for their for their character that sometimes directors have an influence on on how they portray them but i would say that for me the actor that or the per interpretation rep, uh the character represented the weakest for me was coriolanus
4: oh.
3: oh yeah Just, <laughs> i wanted to bring it up because i knew it would be interesting
0: <laughs> yeah um, yeah no fire away
3: and i think it's and i, and I want to say it too because i think if if you're an actor out there who's playing these strong lead roles and i've played many strong lead roles and have fallen into the same trap of uh, of just playing it very angry and mm. and it's uh overly so excessively so uh i feel as though there were moments not not even moments i think you know, like, most of his performance was just him yelling uh mm-hmm. you know you know always trying to dominate and i think there as a general that there isn't just one way of dominating, uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a scene too. There's just not one way of dominating. Mm-hmm. I just feel like his, the way he tried to dominate each scene was very monotonous, mm-hmm. but also that, mm-hmm. but also that, uh, not monotone, mm-hmm. but, you know, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but also that it's like what would have been really interesting to see is that, he, is that we, is that we get to see him try within the Senate. Right. Not that. Not if, not change his opinions on the plebeians or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like mean, he doesn't have to do that. But I think if he had taken a more vulnerable, uh, yeah, I guess vulnerable is mm-hmm. a good word to mm-hmm. put it. I mean, he doesn't have to lose his strength or anything. But mm-hmm. you know, where he's trying to appeal, he's trying to stay in the Senate because the thing that made me take note of this, especially, mm-hmm. was his scene with how do you pronounce <laughs> the name? Yes. Uh, Oh yes. Yeah, I was just How, thinking that. Yeah. How he showed the most vulnerability for somebody he fought against.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. And I mean one of the biggest themes in this whole play is, you know, being a betrayal. Uh mm-hmm. and he's being accused of being a traitor. I feel as though from act one onwards, like Caesar, he he is trying, right? He, mm-hmm. he is trying to please the people. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, even if, even if you know, different from Caesar, he doesn't like the people or anything like that, it's like there's mm-hmm. still this attempt, and, and that, and this will play into other notes I have on it too. But, uh, but I think the biggest moment where he yells is when he gets to the forum. I right. think that's the loudest point we should have ever seen him get at.
0: Right when he flips the table. Because
3: yeah. outright, outright, right there, mm-hmm. they, they tell him outright that he's a traitor, right? They, that, he's a, mm-hmm. that he's a tyrant. Uh, mm-hmm. and like, that's the thing that he, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, scolds the most, right. Right. It's like, how dare you call me a traitor? Mm-hmm. So I think there were just too many moments, too many scenes with him up here when mm-hmm. there should have just been one.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Some of the most tender moments and this plays into his physicality, uh, were his moments with Virgilia. Yeah. Yes. That's where mm-hmm. I was like. Ooh, like there's... Ooh, I will add, the a very underwritten character. Other sides of, yeah, yes, yes, of Andre Sills, I want, Um, you know, like the tender, because again, seeing him in other things, like I know that he has that that swing mm-hmm. to him for sure that is breathtaking to watch. So that's why I'm, I'm wondering if this is more like a directorial yeah. thing to have him mm-hmm. be like quite literally the head of the piece. Hello, it right. starts out ahead, right? Like, uh-huh. yes, um, it <laughs> but uh, it was, yeah, like the way he would interact with, Someone like Virgilia and stuff like that, that, that was the swing. Yeah. I, I would agree. I, I wanted that more in his relationship mm-hmm. with Amphidius, too, you yeah. know, like little tiny pockets of. Of that too, so you're not.
2: To, well, his writing with Ophidius yeah. is interesting. Like, well, one that, that's just even on the page, it's a very homoerotic scene that this mm. production leaned into hard. <laughs> um, on
1: a, I will argue though, on Ophidius' <laughs> side, but I, not at all on Coriolanus's
2: Yeah, which is interesting that <clears throat> the asymmetry of that.
1: We'll uh, get into that scene. I have no. I, I was going to say we better <laughs>
0: unpack that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will. we'll
0: get there.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think the like, you know even if. They didn't. Even if he was up here, the director wanted him to be up here. I, I think what would have been a bit better is if he was somewhere lower, and then people, the the characters around him adjusted below. I mean, he is the titular mm-hmm. character, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he is the mark. With the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my.
0: I agree. I have to agree. Like, there's the campaigning scene where he's going door to door. And the whole time he was angry. Like, even with that wonderful I, group I, scene by I will say Wilson.
2: With the that, was, that was and my favorite scene voice. of the show. Bro.
0: Me, too. Was one of them, at least.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I, I loved like the the citizens that were yeah, like, how they were portrayed Betrayed, like it was like yeah. the, the couple of the older man with the younger woman, yeah. maybe she was yeah. his daughter, I don't know there was the the old man with the nurse, the a yeah. s l interpreter, like I just thought, yeah, your gold. it was
1: very like, I, I feel like this production this again, I'm probably advancing, but did hit the did hit the mark
5: mm-hmm.
1: in 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 contrast to to the whole um idea and theme of homelessness in King Lear and how we flush that as being <laughs> so, yeah, not yeah. something. So right. It was scenes like like
3: yeah. this
1: in Coriolanus that I was like, this is this is like a beautiful, here's an old piece of text and tradition and we're tossing mm-hmm. it into like a modern political context that is yeah. working.
2: Yeah. See, yeah. something I will even add to that is, I think it's very interesting the way this production deals with the, the people, which I'm saying in air quotes, but they're it's a lag, so they're coming up late. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, the people, uh, because something that I noticed, because so whenever I watch like a Shakespeare production of any kind on my computer or at home, I'm able to follow along in my like, complete works here, right. whereas I can't do that in the theater. So I, if I was seeing this production live, but just I had it mm-hmm. just like open in front of me. I wasn't reading along, just following along, mm-hmm. seeing. Like, and I thought it was very interesting the way that so many scenes in this play have like little interludes of like the, the common people talking to each other, getting their perspective. And so many of those are actually cut from this yeah. production, which I think is a very important part of the show that you wouldn't notice was gone just watching it. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that like scenes like that was the best anchor we had to those missing elements. The other one that comes to mind was the, was the two <laughs> sentinels texting each other? Matthew, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, the, the two sentinels texting each other. I love that. Yeah. So, like, every true. time that they did keep a moment, and like the one with the waiters also, every time they did keep a yeah. moment of the citizens talking to each other, it was always very memorably staged, but I thought it was strange how many of them were cut completely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it worked. Uh, it worked. It totally worked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next section. <laughs> Is What was our favorite design element of the production? You know, I think you want to lead this one. Me? There's, yeah.
1: there's so many. Um. So I had the privilege of seeing this, actually, at Stratford as well. As did I, um, yeah. So, and I basically sat the same view as the, the filmed version. Oh, very good. I went with a group of folks that um, we couldn't sit together, and they sat in the balcony. And That's their experience nice, yeah. of the show was very different from mine, mm-hmm. um because of the whole like filmic aspect of it. Right. they were they really thought they were like, I was never transfixed because I was uh, like looking down on mm-hmm. a film, which is odd. Mm-hmm. like I should be looking mm-hmm. at a film.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I enjoyed seeing the production again mm-hmm. virtually in the same um, mm-hmm. view and it being actually like I'm watching a film because it's mm-hmm. so meta and there's so many different layers yeah. now. Yeah. Um my I know it kind of got a bit gobbledygooked with scene transitions, but I think I'm gonna have to say the projections to me. Ma, were, that was my shout out. Really like my fave. I just think yeah. that the intricacy that was done to them was was so beautiful to see. Yeah. Like the tapestry um mm-hmm. the the photographs they chose to do in, in the the pub and the, the restaurant um mm-hmm. the whole contrast of um Coriolanus's drive you know and like entering oh, yeah. um and just it just always it, it, it was so filmic like in a sense of like oh yeah. this is the setting this is where we are now and it was mm-hmm. exciting like it was like mm-hmm. oh I wonder where they're going next what they're gonna get me next yeah. so I think that really um that was brilliantly done and and mm-hmm. the fireworks oh my gosh when Aphidius mm-hmm. is sitting sitting on the windowsill, and, so. and you just see the little, or even when they're in the, the sharing the conversation in the bathhouse, and you see oh. shadows of people walking on the street. and yeah. like the yeah. detail, like the dramaturgical detail, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. a plus ten out of ten. Yeah. So I have to agree. Yeah, projection. Yeah, projections were that,
0: were my note as well. That mm-hmm. is
2: why you have to hire someone like Robert Lepage to do this production because. <laughs> yes. He made his name in projections. Yeah, on, that yeah, note, very much so. on that note, if I could go next, I think yes, similar line with projections, but it's just one scene in particular that I want to talk about, and that's the Which car. Scene? Yes.
0: yes everybody car. i thought that was the big note that everybody came out after seeing the show was you yeah. have to go see the show just for the car scene like it's, it's just so, it's so simple
2: it's so simple yeah. but very brilliant yeah. just having a static car on stage the wheels yeah. are yeah. in place but spinning yeah. and just the projection does all mm-hmm. the movement and like yeah. andre's face sells it too because he's like really yeah. into driving but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah like that image alone it is yes. I, I was very pleased with that. It's partly projections, but I think the set also has a big part.
1: Just tiny nod to the helicopter scene. The transition oh, yeah. into that scene was stunning. Like the mm-hmm. movement. Yeah, I was I was entranced. Yeah, mm-hmm. good use yeah. of vehicles or automobiles. I love this. I loved on the
0: car. They projected little beads of rain going across as mm-hmm. it. mm-hmm. through it. yeah. the rainstorm. I was like, ah. Yeah. So so much great detail, and, and you're right, that is exactly why you hire Robert Lepage, for the, if you're going to do a modern projection interpretation of Coriolanus.
2: On a similar note, though, I would say that they also did the classic Lepage thing of having, you know, cameras on stage projecting directly, like, live on yeah. stage, which yes. I thought was not very... Effectively used in this production, just um, they only really use in two noticeable moments for in me. The yeah, well, in
0: the Senate, yeah, the Senate. Yeah,
2: one else. of them was in the Senate, and the other was when a Young martius was just playing with his action figures okay. and right. You know, didn't feel like either one of the uses of this device in those particular scenes added much. It was just, hey, look, we got in my opinion. Which like, there was enough.
3: <laughs> there right. was
2: an there else of
3: For a me, style that I didn't think we needed it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, the Senate camera work made sense because it was like kind of like c spin where it's like that really boring static yeah. cameras where it's really just <clears throat> plunk a camera in the room and just you want like the old people at home are going to be watching it like watching the senate do its thing Mm -hmm. so i was like okay that makes sense they would have a camera in there yeah
2: i'm not saying it doesn't make sense i just didn't think it added much in my opinion yeah
0: it it didn't it didn't like you're like like, sometimes i remember seeing that scene on stage i remember more more than once because because the acting kind of was well as as ed said it was very much the same level the whole time where i was like looking at the screens now to be like what are they catching on the screens that I, that I were supposed to be seeing? And that time it was like, oh, they're just watching too. Yes. The so thing that I, like, I
1: loved from, from mm-hmm. like a meta point of view of watching, so the, the idea of young Marsh is playing with his action figures and mm-hmm. then you see, you know, it's no longer the figure, it's literally the Yeah, Ophidius,
2: Ophidius shows Phidias, up. Yeah, in exactly,
1: him. in the wings. Yeah. I remember like watching that through a tailored lens that mm-hmm. YouTube – Stratford via YouTube is giving us I got goosebumps because it was like Mm -hmm. ooh, like we're infringing on that moment whereas Mm -hmm. in the theater I had I was still sitting in a theater watching a stage watching that screen Mm -hmm. whereas that moment was more like tender and personal Mm -hmm. for me watching it this time around because it's Mm -hmm. only the only thing I had to rely on was the screen you know so Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of different Mm -hmm. like that's a totally different conversation too but
0: yeah for sure. Ed. how about you? What was your production shout out?
3: Anything that anything that fell under set. <laughs> like the, <laughs> <laughs> anything and everything that fell under set. It, it was Yeah. Uh, and and I, I yeah, I had seen a uh, Nightingale by Igor Stravinsky directed by Robert Lepage in at the Canadian Opera Company. Mm-hmm. And it was very similar like I mean, it's just uh, just like it, when I when I was watching the film, I was like, wow, I feel like I was <laughs> like I was back at mm-hmm. at uh, Nightingale, just like not in terms of like the same themes and aesthetics and whatnot, but just in, like the fact of how he used the set or mm-hmm. how he used the space is just so I, I'd never mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. a very traditional yeah. proscenium, yeah. you know, curtains curtains yeah. open, curtains close when it's time, yeah. right? So. Something, Seeing that I was just like wow, yeah. something
2: I would even add into such a minor detail, but yeah. I I was there for it was all the scenes from the bar ended yeah. with the actual bar rising into the sky and then oh, yeah. walk out into whatever the next scene was like yeah yeah that just such a slight detail like they could have just had it on wheels and moved it away but no they yes. had to have it raise into the
3: yeah. sky yeah yep. I love the I love the design of it too because it I think it blends the I think it blends perfectly, you know, that aesthetic of the the ancient Rome with, you know, like the modern, modern times. Like I noticed it when I was in, when they were in the, when I was in the bathhouse, when when (laughs) I was transported to the bathhouse and they had the, you know, Roman arches, but in the glass, the glass was, uh very sort of modern spa, mm-hmm. what you would see, yeah. you know, uh, opaque squares, mm-hmm. cubes, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that's, <laughs> that's so, mm-hmm. and then uh, Lanus's house, uh, when they were weaving the, the, um, straight, yeah, yeah, yeah. the oh my God, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, the, his house, his house as well with the statues and mm-hmm. the paintings in the back, it was like, oh, wow, this is amazing, Clearly designed especially, by his especially, <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Obviously, and especially the statues. I, I wanted to mm-hmm. like pay homage to that when the statues, like Aristotle, I think mm-hmm. Apollo, maybe even, or or maybe uh, mm-hmm. another like uh, uh, Roman emperor, but when they're all looking down at Coriolanus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at his spot, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. There I'm was a lying. part of me that wanted that wanted them uh, before I took no before I took that like took that in. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was a part of me that wanted them to play around, with like the statues, but then I Mm -hmm. saw that they were, that the statues were, in fact, looking right at Coriolanus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I thought, oh wow, that's, that's, That's clever. I will
1: say being a bit nitpicky with the black flies into Mm -hmm. the scoping of things and the bar and such. Yeah. This is so, (laughs) so nitpicky. But because there were moments that it was executed so beautifully, Mm -hmm. the moments where it wasn't, I was like, "Mm,"
0: Was there a moment that seemed to you?
1: Yeah. So two. Um, So the bar lifting up, the minute that it lifted, they did do a beautiful transition with that. And I was looking for, I was like, okay, great. Clocked. Every time that that's blown, like flown in, mm-hmm. flying it out, they're going to have to find a way of making it skedaddle. But they mm-hmm. didn't sometimes. It kind of just left. And then like a transition was happening behind it. And I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, they should have used... Like, you know, I think one of the the transition that I was alluding to with the helicopter, that was the whole idea of like the bar going up and they like went with it and now it's the new scene. Yeah. Whereas and- there was another one where they were just shifting a whole shift of bodies and even right. place, I think. And the bar just kind of left. And I was like, Ooh. And
0: yeah. then
1: another thing that was interesting to me too is when um, at the end, when Blumnia, Valeria, um, Virgilia and um, Baby Martius comes in, yeah. um, they they didn't they don't race like I, I could see what was happening like you you couldn't see the actors' faces. It, it clearly was a choice. It just I guess to me it didn't it didn't uh, bode well just because they enter and it's not you don't see them until they kneel, which like I understand mm-hmm. I get that of being like you don't want to see them until they're kneeling. I can kind of understand mm-hmm. that, but it just. It wasn't strong enough for me to be like, why wasn't it raised to encompass right. that whole frame from the get go? You know, right.
5: Like mm-hmm. so
1: mm-hmm. and you know, in certain things of like why usually you know that. the this closing in the scope made mm-hmm. flushed out for me, but again, mm-hmm. sometimes I was like, I want to unpack like why you're closing in on that moment or that See, person.
2: Uh, it's funny that you say that because I was saving that for my moment to the production that didn't really do it for me. I wasn't in love with those zooming in. It felt mm-hmm. very like end of Looney Tunes cartoons today um <laughs> and the, but like the the one that for me kind of you know was the i not, not necessarily the least impactful but the one that I think was the most troublesome for me was just the very last one where you know Coriolanus is dead and we're gonna uh, linger on okay. just Ophidius for I'm like wait was yeah. it his tragedy I know What he's not like is
1: he next? And that was very slow, too. That one was very, like,
2: yeah, like the final stage direction is like exit the procession with Coriolanus's body. That's what it is in the text. And we don't hear in this production end on Coriolanus's body. We barely even see his body from the moment he gets shot. Yeah. That it's just Ophidius is sad. Let's look at that for like a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't do it for me, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Well, must I say though? Sorry, just rolling back mm-hmm. on that moment—the gunshot and slay of blood. Yeah. Let's talk about.
2: Mac, can we talk about this now? <laughs>
1: yeah, um, uh, uh, well, I
2: mean,
0: uh, uh, where are we time. going? Because, <laughs> because, because, because we're about to head into the production zone that didn't work for us. Is, Ryan, well, is that Where I, you're going? Or, I said
2: say so we're ahead of schedule. Continue. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> we
0: will get to that moment the, cause it is, because it is in my notes for a moment. Okay. Yeah. Actually, actually, it's in my next moment—the weakest part oh. of the production. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> because for me, one of the biggest things I felt was there certain times where, they, like, where the projections didn't work, mm-hmm. and the headshot was one where I was like, it was very mm-hmm. clearly a projection, and it mm-hmm. kind of just happened, and there was no way to like have oh, what's his name, uh, the other, um, not Coriolanus, the gun, the one. Aphidius. Aphidius. Thank you. Aphidius. Mm-hmm where, where, where like he comes across there's no blood on him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but he just had a dead body. And this being such a yeah. really grounded production, where, like, you're expecting to see yeah. type of blood or violence. And it comes out of nowhere, which is, gets to my next point of the direction of that scene. What I'm scene, like, sorry, what scene
1: are you The like? final scene, this, this oh, yeah. is the shot
0: to the head scene. Right. Where, where, where I go, where I, go it, I, I would much rather have them just shoot Parallanus in the back versus in the head. Because mm-hmm. at least then it would have been like a major blood spot where like, clearly you can see um, uh, Andre Sosa says no blood on his face because his head is hanging over the side of the bed, and I was like directorially, the moment also came out of nowhere where I was like, what is happening? Like I remember seeing that on stage. I I, I was I wasn't overly familiar with them. I'd seen I'd seen the the Ray the Ray the, the, the Ray Fiennes and um, Gerard Butler film, mm-hmm. so I knew he was gonna die. I didn't expect it to be like that quick, and I was like, oh, I forgot how dramatic that moment was. But the headshot took me out of it for that moment. I was like so ultraviolet yet they didn't follow through with the
1: concept enough to hit that final moment. We wanted there to be more of a meditation after Mm -hmm. he was killed as well. I feel like all the other players on stage including Ophidius jumped Mm -hmm. right into well that's done and now I'm speaking again. Like there there wasn't enough ramification of the D that was actually Mm -hmm. done. Um, So much so that the beats Mm -hmm. following that I kind of couldn't focus because I, I yes. was too actorly brained being like this something didn't resonate or like yeah. why
2: yeah, and I think I have a theory for why that is that okay, here's a theory think, go well, I don't know big theory might be like pronouncing too much of it but mm-hmm. in the text the stage direction in which Coriolianus is killed is that the conspirators plural attack him mm-hmm. and right. the way it was staged here was just this one random lieutenant who we've seen in a few scenes but he doesn't have a name, he doesn't really represent yeah. the mass yeah. of people, but so much of the conflict of this play is Coriolanus versus the people, to just have this one random, and just shoot, shoot him in the back of the head, and oh, it's done, and I guess Ophidius is taking the blame for it, so it was kind of both of them, but yeah. it was really, it was just this guy Ophidius was going to just wrestle him and they would work out their differences, maybe, if things had gone otherwise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I needed more of like a character build from that, yeah. that sort yeah. of individual embodying
2: yeah, and he people, was in a few scenes prior, like, in the camp, but, like... It, he was
1: Ophidius' lover, wasn't he? Like, he went, yeah, I, I yeah. Was like, so he he sure. clearly was, but I, I needed mm-hmm. that, and I get it wasn't supposed to be, like, necessarily in your face that he was, but mm-hmm. because he, they in this production, chose him to
2: to, to do it alone to Coriolanus,
1: Yeah, I needed I needed that to come from a place of love yeah. or you know or hate and I
2: think Ophidius and, should have done it if you're gonna change things up like have Ophidius do the killing blow
0: yeah, yeah that would that would have been good like during like during like during their fight where it's almost accidental but it's like oh crap oh we did that <laughs> yes I mean, for that to happen so, so yeah that, that final death of Coriolanus can't just didn't clip. I, think I do sure. think
1: though that this Ophidius, sorry, Mac, if this is jumping though. No, like okay. the way that this Ophidius was played though mm-hmm. was a little, a little bit more sensitive or mundane yes. or, mm-hmm. or um, you know, like he definitely Coriolanus couldn't shut off the military mm-hmm. vibe. Like mm-hmm. it was his way or the highway sort of thing yeah. quite literally yeah. when he's driving on that beautiful, <laughs> street, that, beautiful scene, that beautiful scene um but with this aphidius um i thought graham did a wonderful job with it but it, it was mm-hmm. just it was nice to see that you know he could be the soldier but there was there was still like a gushiness yeah. in him a little if yeah. you can even say that mm-hmm. um a so so like so much so that he made that a strong enough choice that I don't think it could warrant him actually killing Coriolanus. Because I truly mm-hmm. think he really did love Coriolanus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I understand why the lover did it. I just needed yeah. more groundedness more reason, in him, yeah. in yeah. that character. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: replacing yeah. that with the single one guy doing that shot which almost seems like not an accident but just like uh oh got a chance gonna take it it doesn't seem like the yeah. calculated planned
4: mm-hmm.
3: conspiracy of the text yes you know what i'm i'm gonna like with what you said mac about you know the ultra violence of the play
5: mm-hmm.
3: i'm willing to when i was watching it i, I didn't really mind it all that much i mm-hmm. i'm willing to suspend my disbelief whenever it comes to theater uh mm-hmm. i i do i do agree with you um uh, i do not Uh mm-hmm. But I do agree with you. I think that's something like a director should, I, I mean, maybe he knew it. Like, maybe that's, mm-hmm. that's, it's okay. Like that for that moment, we like, mm-hmm. we'll we'll just, you know, make believe, whatever, <laughs> where everything else is just bloody, bloody, bloody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think for one of those moments for me, I was like, okay, I'll just write that off as suspend my disbelief. That is mm-hmm. like the gamble of going in with hyper realism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right.
0: right, yeah, yeah, especially with like that locker room scene in the first part of the play where mm-hmm. you still see him drenched,
3: yeah,
2: in and, blood. Where we're, we're like, like okay,
0: it, yeah, I'm, I'm like, if we're know, going that route, then if you're gonna do a headshot, it sets a give me some of that blood yeah. afterwards because that's, yeah, the, that's there that is that something
1: moment. though to say that you know, the idea of him actually dying once and for mm-hmm. all is there's no blood shed, in, in mm-hmm. quotations, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. That, I mean, it's a deeper way of thinking of it. Hopefully, Lepage would be like, that, that a girl? That I'm saying <laughs> yeah. He's like, yes. You, you, uh, <laughs>
2: I think if that's the it case, works. though, that we didn't need the projection because the projection yes. is still creating the blood. <laughs> oh, that's true.
1: Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so did that, think
3: it was a cool moment. I, I, I was like, whoa. Like,
1: uh, mm-hmm.
3: that pretty cool. mm-hmm. It was like
1: yeah, it was but like it was a head
3: of a, a, a moment. I was like, ooh, the gunshot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. people uh, don't do such things. things. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, it was a spectacle moment, not a real one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say overall, like some of the directing I felt like don't get me wrong, LaPage great mm-hmm. conceptualist, but there were moments where I felt the direction and the acting lacked and that and it was almost like, okay, well if the directing's gonna lack here, then at least then I have the projections to look on. In the meantime, to distract you, where I'm like, we could have had a little bit more of the acting, directing, take it up a notch. Where it's like, add in that layeredness for, 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 Mm -hmm. for like, Lumnia or for Coriolanus. And maybe don't focus so much on your projection for that.
1: that's interesting in in the discussion that he was having with anthony Mm -hmm. uh robert Mm -hmm. who's saying that a lot of the the stimulation for this piece was Mm -hmm. a very open dialogue um and equal understanding of the play and the characters itself Mm -hmm. which as an actor like i respect him saying this so much because there's nothing you love more than working with a director who like has their view and opinion but Mm -hmm. knows that like at the end of the day, it's the actor's interpretation and view and opinion yep. that needs to be honored and mm-hmm. or be like their interpretation or mm-hmm. to be the host of your vision. And yep. so I just remember him specifically saying, you know, in um, he actually, I actually, actually have it written down, like actors know more about the script than you do. So yep. be open to that and let that in and let the actor's ideas mm-hmm. um, hold weight. And that was kind mm-hmm. of like a playful process that he had yep. directorially. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. Um, and I do think there are definitely are moments where it was like, you know, was this just the actor's fruition or was this yes. just a, a, a directed thing that didn't mm-hmm. necessarily coincide with the, yeah with the actors. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, I, I, I really appreciated his, his yeah. little comment mm-hmm. on that and how it was very sort of a give and take process.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah. Do we have any other parts of the show that didn't quite work for us production wise? Oh, I, like I would
5: say
3: the I would say the costumes.
5: Oh the costumes. Ooh, you know
3: interesting. I, think, I I think everything was pretty strong mm-hmm. uh, but I would say the costumes like <laughs> nothing really popped out. There was mm-hmm. one costume actually that popped out. Which uh, one? That, <laughs> that was the Nine the the nineties music video do rag wearing Cor- Coriolanus. <laughs>
1: and I oh. was like, what era are we in? Do we need to know <laughs> that we're not yeah. in an era? Like what's in a nineties
3: rap video movie. and then he's driving in the car and yeah, car, you know, Tupac and he ended up playing yeah. <laughs> in his <down> stereo. <laughs> like that's a, <laughs> that's what I was thinking the entire time.
5: <laughs> This is a cool. California loves me.
3: Yeah, right. It's like the gangster paradise. Uh, It's like the (laughs) do rag, (laughs) really. But uh, I I would say the costumes. Like there just wasn't anything that kind of popped for Mm me that I saw. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. uh, outside of everything else, like the lighting and the set and the projections, Mm -hmm. the video. Like I Mm -hmm. thought that was all. uh, Maybe that just took away from what I wasn't seeing with the, the costumes.
0: Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Ryan, I, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, 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 no,
3: I was just going to say, I did, I did like the, this goes back to the other question. I did like the sound. I, I wanted to say that. Oh, the
0: sound. <laughs> is, yeah. Yeah. The sound like was very, very noir, well done. And,
3: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. The sound, yes, absolutely. The sound was fantastic. But Ryan, I'll let you lead off on the next question, which okay. is as our resident TA of our, of our panel today, do you think this production hit the market? Is it worth watching or in your case showing a class?
2: I think it depends on what the purpose of the class is, I guess. Okay. I think if this was just like a Shakespeare class or theater mm-hmm. history survey class, mm-hmm. I would not necessarily want this to be the first Coriolanus production to show the students. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you saw the Tom Hiddleston National Theatre Live one that from a few yes, years ago. Yes, I did. I, mean, I
0: watched it online. It was very good. Yeah,
2: that that I think is like a lot closer to kinda of like what I said about King Lear last week, this mm-hmm. like more faithful so to speak yeah. or just like an authentic you know, this is a, doing a straight version of it still very well done well acted well staged right i think in this production the director was the star and he's just showing off what cool ideas <laughs> he had nothing <laughs> wrong with that that's not a trademark and i've been a fan of his work for a long time mm-hmm. but i think
3: th-
2: when i say that on the type of course i think i would love to show this production to like a directing class or a yeah. design class yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we can do with Shakespeare. We don't have to, you know, hermetically seal it within its own time period, its mm-hmm. own, you know, yeah. dressings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I. It depends on the type of class. I think yeah. this is a great production, and I would be happy to show it to others. But it depends on the context.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I, I think that's where the production hit the mark. Is it very clearly shows, especially for directors, like this was like Robert Lapage's Lepage, concept of like, modernization, technology, the idea of a man, like, like one man being in the rigid huge form, your media, a whole mm-hmm. concept, in the people and modern politics, how you can interlay mm-hmm. that, and then you see that beginning concept to the final filmed version of it, mm-hmm. like, I think that, exa- exactly, I think that's where you would show this, but I do agree with you, it, like, like, if you're gonna try and introduce, like, in a high school, this may be a cool idea to show them yeah. a, like, a few scenes, trying to be like, look, a different yeah. way of uh, adapting this, but I would definitely go for a more national theater live uh basic production if you're going to be showing it in like an acting class or a, mm-hmm. or, a or like a Shakespeare generalized class where you this is the play you've chosen to study mm-hmm. just to give everybody a more general idea of what's close to what Shakespeare probably would have imagined his mm-hmm. Coriolanus to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Jill how about you?
1: Yeah I am um... I agree with Ryan in a sense mm-hmm. from from a textual, uh, you know, really digesting the themes and um, texts of, of this play, uh, mm-hmm. it may not hit the mark, but I think something that totally outweighs that is that these are the types of Shakespearean productions that need to be happening now, in my yeah. opinion, more so mm-hmm. than the latter, especially now in the middle of the pandemic, the whole idea of live theatres drastically going to change and become more media friendly, Mm -hmm. whether we like it or not. But Mm -hmm. my whole, I do have like a mandate as an artist myself is I think it's very important as actors, as directors, as dramaturgs, Mm -hmm. what have you, to take traditional texts and not throw them out, not neglect Mm -hmm. them, but augment them and make Mm -hmm. them more modern in a sense Mm -hmm. that will, especially with Shakespeare or texts Mm -hmm. that might be more foreign Mm -hmm. to um, today's society, make them easy to easier to digest, you know, don't mm-hmm. hand feed them per se, but right. something like this where anybody could come and see this production and just be entranced and quite mm-hmm. honestly be like you're watching a film, which yeah. I, you know, I, I do have experience with Shakespeare, but if, you know, someone like my brother who personally despises Shakespeare, I know he watch <laughs> this production and actually understand what's going on mm-hmm. and be stimulated by other facets of the show that, you know, he could yeah. kind of, put the text. I think a lot of folks still think that Shakespeare has to be like weighted, heavy, boring language at people outside of the theater realm specifically. Um, Mm -hmm. and so there's a bad taste in their mouth going into it. Whereas a production like this, um, hits on so many levels of it being like, no, it is not that stereotype. It is also showcasing like modern day politics, um, Mm -hmm. modern day, like societal norms, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. It's showcasing the the whole idea of blending together media and live liveness, you know, and yeah. how that is sort of a new art form. Um, so I think it was a really good in like encompassed sort of but yet you still had, you know, the the meter, you still had yeah. people hitting their plosives, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I always always heard Andre hitting like uh hitting his mm-hmm. Cs, you know, kramenkai Kai yeah. of hers, you know, and the whole mm-hmm. like there's yeah it's 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 definitely a tool that hits on so many different things
5: mm-hmm.
1: and in contrast, I guess to King Lear, this first year fact of we did that last week, yeah. um, I think this one I would want to show over something like that because there's mm-hmm. just so many different avenues you can take on this mm-hmm. um, yeah, which yeah, mm-hmm. taking the tradition and not neglecting it but making it more modern. That's, yeah. that's the way, that's going to be the way of, of the theater world, at least. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so,
0: yeah. hear, hear. <laughs> Jill, so Jill I totally see where you're going
1: with that. I like that. All right, Ed, how about you? Did
0: this production um, hit its mark? I,
3: I do think, it, I mean, whatever mark it was trying to hit, I think it, it did, uh, for the most part. I, I agree with both Jill and Ryan about, you know, the sort of classes it, it would be Mm -hmm. like well uh, done at Um, and then also the fact that I I would introduce this play before I introduce King Lear to somebody who hadn't seen uh, Shakespeare wasn't even Mm -hmm. in the theater world right Mm -hmm. I will say as much as I agree with Jill about you know the where where theater is heading and that there is definitely going to be a mesh of media and the stage Mm -hmm. and live performance Moving forward after, after this, um, pandemic. Um, but I, as, as much as I agree, I, I, I am at heart a, a bit of a purist when it comes to Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to make Shakespeare easier for people. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of No Fear Shakespeare. I think, you mm-hmm. know, people who come to see Shakespeare, they come for what everything Shakespeare is. Uh, right. But that's, that's one part of me I do, I do, you know, uh, like I understand that there is an accessibility that needs to happen with Shakespeare and that, you know, it is, it doesn't always have to be the case where Mm -hmm. you rely heavily on, on the language. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I'm always just satisfied whenever I hear that there is a play happening and Mm -hmm. whatever context it's happening in, I mean, whether I agree with it or not, I'm just glad to see that Shakespeare is still being put on and that it's -hmm. still being heard. So Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do think this production, for the most part, hit the mark. I I think it's worth watching. I would definitely show my friends. Um, definitely. Uh but yeah, yeah, definitely show my friends. And yeah, yeah, that's that's what yeah. I'd say about that. Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic, wonderful. Mac, okay. What about you? Well, I, well as I said, I, I agree with Ryan. Where I think this definitely hit its mark. Where it's that beginning of concept to end of concept, where you show to people and go, "This is what the director's job really is. It's their job to shepherd a concept they believe from." point A to point C, point Z, where yeah. uh, d- uh, <laughs> uh, whereas that whole thing of Roberto Pash had this concept back in 2016, I think he said in his interview, where it's like modern day media meets Coriolanus and then mm-hmm. he workshopped it twice in, in Quebec before bringing it to Stratford and it's something Anthony Chilino shepherded with him and it's that concept of, look, they full-on brought this concept and they invested in it. Like, I can't, like like Andrew was full on said in interviews where it's like I didn't expect to make my money back on this yeah, yeah. investment <laughs> because 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 there's such a huge amount of money that went into this show and it's Coriolanus which is no Hamlet unfortunately when you're ranking the Shakespeare's and people are gonna go see yeah. it hmm.
2: yeah which is I think kind of I'm interesting in terms, <laughs> of my, in terms of my comments on like you know do you introduce people to Coriolanus with this production or mm-hmm. like it's interesting yeah. that they did this with a show that is kind of like lesser known as far as yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. Still. like if you did a hamlet like this people would be like yeah we know hamlet so we can kind of absorb mm-hmm. ourselves in what you're doing with hamlet but i think yeah. for a lot of the audience probably had never seen or read Coriolanus before so mm-hmm. this would have been an interesting introduction
1: this show yeah. for me though shakespearean wise like hits a way like the it's the most relevant show in today's day and age i think mm-hmm. of all of his works arguably Mm -hmm. like you know the the politic there's so many different ways you can approach this text too and Mm -hmm. the politics of it alone there's Mm -hmm. so many nods and shades to Mm -hmm. to um leaders we have today right and Mm -hmm. um even in in one of the discussion panels i think it was robert maybe andre Mm -hmm. of saying you know i think it was robert saying post-pandemic There's Mm -hmm. going to be so many folks that don't want to abide to the new rules or think that they're more than or less more than than others. And he said, like, those are the Mm -hmm. real Coriolanuses. And it's so, so true. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing this show post Trump as well um, and and just seeing like ramifications of that. So it's it's definitely like Mm -hmm. we're living in a political climate, especially now Mm -hmm. too, post pandemic Mm -hmm. even more so. Um and it's just it's it's beautiful to see it's only been two years but yet that mm-hmm. theme of, of this production is still yeah. ringing quite true yes. and I don't think it's going away anytime soon either yes. so um I think for especially showing in 2018 like it, mm-hmm. it definitely it definitely was worth worth the budget
0: yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. This was definitely I think well worth the investments So Bravo into Chino, Chino. and we'll get to when he's working on next with Roberto Lepage, they did allude to it in interviews. So we will talk about that at the very end. Mm. Um, but going forward, so we've already kind of talked about the themes uh, and motifs that, that we saw on the show, whether or not they kind of worked. I mean, some of the ones that uh, uh, Robert Lepage brought up that he was wanting to explore were like uh, being in historical places where history seems to repeat itself, which is where he kind of got the initial idea was the idea of being in Rome in a very modern, Hotel, modern area, but at the same time across the road you have the Colosseum, or our, our bath, mm-hmm. or bath, or ruins of a bathhouse, mm-hmm. and just how he brought that forward. And I think that did work. I think that with the bathhouse, for example, refined out of the idea. He talked a lot about the Roman technologies that we've now adopted into our own lives, such as the thumbs up, thumbs down. How, how the mm-hmm. early version of, like, the Roman internet with, like, the wall, where, like, you scroll a question on one side. Yeah, like a Facebook wall answer. or whatever. Exactly, yeah. or, or mm-hmm. in fact, they have, like, LAX tablets the, that very much like our tablets.
2: It's interesting, because, like, they talked a lot about that in that, like, supplementary material that they posted yeah. on YouTube, and mm-hmm. I had heard a lot about this production's use of social media prior mm-hmm. to seeing it, and I honestly feel like not enough was done with that, considering what a driving force in the inspiration it was. Like, yeah. Aside from the one texting scene between the two, <laughs> sent yeah. Really yeah, very clear social media mm-hmm. influence. And texting mm-hmm. is a private conversation that doesn't even involve social media the way we understand mm-hmm. it. The wall, the yeah. thumbs up. So yeah, like I, I feel like more could have been done with that. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. hearing these interviews and what an what an important part of the inspiration mm-hmm. it was, I feel mm-hmm. like it was a real missed opportunity, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they definitely could have gone further, but I think once again, it's going back to the text of where do you work in those moments of of exploring modern technology within the Roman setting. Like, I think the text and scene between the Sentinels worked; it felt very organic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd be more interested to see in that early design conceptual talks where where Robert and Ashley sat down together, where they may have gone. Yeah, because I'm sure I'm sure Robert came up with a whole bunch of different ideas of where to go, and it's like, well, where is the budget? Where can we do it? Where yeah. does this work? Where does it not I would have loved to have seen while they were driving, maybe like mm-hmm. some headlines scrolling by of like, of just was... seeing the media turning against Coriolanus or seeing some more of the, or seeing some more of actions between the two, what's her name, Stephen Olmet and Tom Rudin's uh, yes. senators as, as they're turning the tide against Coriolanus. I've seen some media sh- outputs of like headlines going by where it's like you see it starting great with Coriolanus coming back and he's got good headlines. And by the time you get to, the banishment scene, you see more headlines going by. Or even instead of sort of using that on um, the, uh, the C SPAN videos, it would yeah, be great to see I, like, live tweeting of this scene where well, you see, that's exactly live tweeting this moment.
2: What I'm thinking, like what, how I commented earlier, how a lot of these scenes of the public voice have been removed mm-hmm. from this play, mm-hmm. even right. if those were just like part of the projection design more presently. Yeah that is really what social media is for. It's kind of the mm. pulse off the zeitgeist. Yeah. And we don't really see much of it in this production that is ostensibly all about that from
3: the ground right. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's why I, I always, like I said, I kept going back to thinking like, I have to think of this whole production as being post-apocalyptic because there was just mm-hmm. too many. It's because there was not enough, not in my mm-hmm. opinion, to the social media aspect, you mm-hmm. know, like the converse, the text conversation just kind of pops up. But then yeah. you have like the contrast of the settings and like the Roman bath, and then you mm-hmm. have, you know, the futuresque server outfits. Mm-hmm. You have like it. It almost, in a sense, if you think of it that way, it's like they were trying to not put a like this is present day per se.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, even like the radio, the radio scene. That yeah, they mentioned the, Trump. The, the, yeah, or, they, they
0: mentioned Trump in like the radio they, snippets. You they
1: played or, yeah or the, the the people, um, I know they were trying to to sort of. Mark Mm -hmm. on specific showcasing Mm -hmm. of specific citizens, but that Mm -hmm. whole scene too, like even the way that they were dressed or the way they carried themselves. I'm like, Mm -hmm. are you a couple from like (laughs) today or like, are you from the eighties? Are you from Mm -hmm. the nineties? Like, Mm -hmm. so, um, I almost wonder if there was a more of a social media influence other things would have to change with the production as well. Oh, yeah, and
2: I'm not against mm-hmm. that happening. I just mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. when you hear them talk about how this inspired them, I think it's a real shame yeah. that I can only really pinpoint one clear example in the production and even right. like a half yes. measure that I enjoyed. don't get me wrong, but yeah. mm-hmm. didn't seem to integrate it the way that they seem yeah. to think it did. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, the other theme that Robert Lepage brought up that I think did work was the how we communicate in the modern era, it's that where he brought the idea of the one man alone in his uh bedroom with a microphone is is kind of able to, speak to this huge forum of people. And we see that very clearly in the opening scene with whether it's the, the statue talking to the whole audience, yep. and so that same thing mm-hmm. of this alone person being able to speak to this forum, or even in the following scene with like the um the uh, the 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 radio scene, the radio booth. Mm-hmm sequence i was like okay i I see where you're going with this idea because it is very true i mean er, nowadays everybody has a podcast even alex jones has a podcast. Yes. I mean, I it's like what Trump's Twitter. Are, are we in a podcast right now? We could be, Ryan. We very well could be. It's, could be it's like a
1: Truman a Show thing. Are we all on a secret <laughs> podcast that no one knows?
2: Have, I don't even know if this show, The Cup, is technically a podcast or if it doesn't meet the standard podcast. It hasn't
0: been turned into a podcast, podcast yet. I have yet to turn these videos into a podcast. We could. I'll talk to Will. We'll see if maybe we'll turn these into a, a podcast option as well. Why
3: not? You wouldn't
0: want to hear my option. voice? <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. But I do think that is one area where Lepage did hit his mark was that theme of one man being able to hit, I, hit a large amount with just either, even the phone call with Janice and um, what's his name? The two senators again, they were on the phone whipping up the support. Yes, exactly. We see them on the phone
2: those are the characters that if they wanted to go for more of like a, the podcaster or the YouTube star mm-hmm. has like the big influence. Like we could have seen more scenes of them yes. actually taking advantage of that new media. I thought the phones yeah. was very well done and definitely mm-hmm. staged this idea of what was rallying the people. Who should what, have was, this yeah. setting. what was but interesting yeah. about that
1: too. Sorry, just like touching Ooh, on that. Um, they were using corded phones and I couldn't yeah. help but notice too, Meninius had a chunkier laptop. Yet you yeah, you have these guards that are clearly smartphoning, texting each other. And we yeah. know that it is yeah. because there's the mm-hmm. white and blue yeah. stereotypical Apple iMessage yes. conversation. So again, yeah. it's like, is this a generational thing? You know, is I it like think the older... That it
3: been, I think that it could have been him playing with the idea of, okay. yeah, of generations.
5: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the
3: ones that we see who are magistrates are older. Mm-hmm. And that they have a very archaic way of thinking. Right. So I think maybe that would be the just, I mean, that's just the justification.
5: Justification, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm.
3: But yeah. I don't, I'm not sure there, there wasn't enough of us split difference. Well, it's an interesting um, idea
2: because I don't see the conflict of this play being a generational one. King Lear, yeah. on the other hand, yeah, no. young versus the old. But yeah. like as far as I can tell, Coriolanus is, is supposed to be of the same generation as Brutus. Right. and so, it's yes. so like, yeah. It's it would March. be
1: interesting, though, to unpack mm-hmm. it from a generational read because you could mm-hmm. easily loop in Young Martius, too in that. Yeah. Like, Will you could push not. that theme definitely. But or Young Martius
2: cons- doesn't really have much of a role in this play. He like represents the future, but mm-hmm. he does. There's no conflict between him or in which yes. he is like a. a pawn, right, but if,
1: if you had him like mm-hmm. not playing with. Circa 1990s, GI Joes, and right. playing with something more modern than like, like right. sketch. <laughs> that would play.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just know. saw uh, Marsha as when he was playing with those toys as more of a reflection of his father and the fact yeah. that he is a child playing war, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. I guess his 100%. father is also a child. I mean, he throws enough tantrums to <laughs> to mm-hmm. justify it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I think that's one other kind of particular mm-hmm. uh theme that they may have explored is just you know bickering like children mm-hmm. uh amongst one
0: another mm-hmm. yeah. Right. yeah okay all right so next we get into our specialized questions of uh of the episode you say those
2: questions weren't special <laughs> <laughs> those <laughs> questions, those,
0: those questions for the now were commoners. special we're in the set now we're, we're exactly area. now we're now we're diving a little bit deeper into this so one of the things we do have to address is the director, uh, Robert Lepage, whose work is now being re-examined in, in a new light after some missteps he's had in his, in some other recent productions he's done. Uh, so the question is, uh, how do we interpret or watch this particular play since it came out before a lot of the, um, Reexamination began for his work and how do exactly do we look at it now under this new kind of light that we've been looking at Robert Lepage under? Ryan, you kind of came up with this question, so I will let you lead with your response to this.
2: Yeah, so I have very mixed feelings on this matter mm-hmm. because as I think I may have mentioned a couple times just in this mm-hmm. episode, I, I've always been a big fan of Lepage's work and mm-hmm. I've been following him for a long time. Mm-hmm. I may even write a chapter of my dissertation about him. to <gasps> but, uh, but, yes, but I am also conflicted based on the fact mm-hmm. that I think on the matters of those two infamous productions, Slav and mm-hmm. Kanata, I think he was fundamentally wrong. Yeah. About, like how he handled it, uh, the <laughs> farce of himself that he maybe mm-hmm. temporarily, however, made on social media, yeah. which if this production would came out after these events then i would have certainly thought that the social media infusion here had a lot to do with Mm -hmm. you know his own objections against the people seeing himself as a bit of a Coriolanus but all of the news about these things were breaking immediately while this production was actually happening so like in the summer of 2018 so clearly Mm -hmm. this was all planned in advance but uh, yes. Like hearing the way he talks about it much more recently in these interviews that have been posted on the Stratford YouTube channel, mm-hmm. like this is clearly on his the his own relation to the people and social yes. media being the platform where mm-hmm. all of that was unpacked. Um, yeah. And yeah, and social media certainly had an impact on his somewhat probably temporary but his fall from social grace happening on a public yes. platform for mm-hmm. the commoners to chime into. Yeah. Um. And the reason why I say I think he was fundamentally wrong about it is, like, he certainly in the and uh, if you're watching Robert Lepage, I, 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 he's, gonna write your, he's gonna write his dissertation about you. Don't yeah, like, worry. like, a big yeah. fan. Um, but yes, um, but yes, I think the issue was that he kept defending his actions and saying that, like. You know, I've consulted certain, like, people from these communities who, you know, I've done my research. I know what I'm doing. I'm being so reverential that I'm making these art as an ally and support of these communities. But when Uh these communities people who are telling you, you shouldn't be doing this, Uh I think, you know, you're not (laughs) being a very good ally. And maybe, Uh you know, I've I've read certain reports of people who were in the meetings that he had like in advance of the research he did and many of them did advise him and his collaborators that you know they should have more black and this uh, performers and creative mm-hmm. contributors respectively which was not done in either production and and right. um, also, speaking of uh, this kind of autobiographical undercurrent, which Lepas is nothing if not an autobiographer in so many of his productions, uh, when Canada finally did see the stage after all the uproar at the Theatre de Soleil, um, there was a scene in it of one of the the protagonistic characters being told that she couldn't do her artwork about uh the indigenous uh, uh missing and murdered women because she didn't have the support of the parents so like oh ha ha, ha we see what you're doing there <laughs> so yeah i don't know if this answers your question i just think
0: it-, uh, a little, it, it, it definitely leads into it i mean i i mean i can kind of go forward because I there because after reading the articles, particularly about with slave, um, with th- that particular play and the idea of race, that did make me relook at this mm-hmm. play as well because it, it's a very clear choice of making Coriolanus, uh, portrayed by André Styles as a well, black actor. Well,
2: it's but, funny that you, Mac, if you don't mind me saying, so yeah, then, no, one of the defenses I read uh, by Michelle Vase, it was mm-hmm. like. Uh, yeah, I think it was in theater journal or performing arts yeah. journal. Uh, yeah, one of the defenses I read was just like, by the way, when all this was going on, Lepage was directing Glaness with a black actor in the title role. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that kind of sounds like the I can't be racist because I have a black friend argument. Yeah <laughs> like, and, and I'm not yeah. saying Lepage is racist. I think yes, there was some, you know, racial mishaps, certainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that makes him a racist, per se, no. but, like, I yep. don't think that's a valid yeah. argument in defense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, because, I mean, like, when, when especially with the way Coriolanus is portrayed as a very angry black man on on stage where he's flipping tables and yelling pretty much the entire play, as Ed pointed <laughs> out, where you have this, and then also you have the most quiet character, as you said, Ed, the most under, or uh, Ryan as the most underwritten character, which is... um his wife, Virgilia. Mm-hmm. So you have two of them, and then their child is white.
2: Which, yeah, that's just. either. See,
1: that's why I, I I loved that. If I'm going to interject, because yeah, the no, go idea go race did not cross my mind at all for this play, well, and I actually.
2: Yeah, sorry, Joel. Like that.
1: <laughs> that um, and again, this is maybe just my opinion, and I could be completely off the mark in regards to who other what other people think, but um, I've also seen a lot of the people of color in this production in other shows too so maybe yeah. that, that was another yeah. reason why I wasn't yeah. really seeing them as their mm-hmm. race okay. um but it was just in it, it being such a political piece it was refreshing mm-hmm. to not have race be the the first thing that my mind goes to personally mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that wasn't what it was supposed to be about and i mm-hmm. i do think that produ- this production did a really good job of of that
2: see i will say there were two key moments for me when race did kind of present itself to the forefront
1: mm-hmm.
2: and one of them like is just very simple very subtle but I couldn't help noticing it mm-hmm. was that uh yeah it was an act one scene nine I believe uh when he says he had the blood on his face in the locker room there and he says like. I they all just declared him Coriolanus' his new name and mm-hmm. he says I will go wash and when my face is paused fair you shall perceive whether I blush or no. And so that slight pause, and I don't know if this was Robert's idea or if it was Andre's idea, but the slight pause before the word fair, mm-hmm. you know, implying, because, you know, as a black actor, is not fair <laughs> in, the, in the sense of how sure he's a very just person. He's Towards, a great person.
0: Yeah. I love Andre. Andre, yeah, if you're watching,
2: oh, i like a giant lovely. fan. He's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> he's,
0: he's wonderful. But
2: yeah, it's that pause, I think, was a very deliberate nod at the at the, mm-hmm. you know, the way that these lines were very clearly written for a white yeah. person. Mm-hmm. The other moment that I think was very important that listening to the interviews very clearly was not on at least Antony and uh, Robert's the radars, but uh, the, you know, the line oh boy, or boy, oh slave, like in Act right? It, like they, the way they talk about him. this is the traditional reading of the text, that this is an mm. infantilized character with mm-hmm. his relationship with his mother, the way he has his right. temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. But that language carries a lot of racial baggage, so I think mm-hmm. we can't when the casting is done in this way, I think we can't just say, oh, he's called a boy, like a child, because he's in Oh, so It's so, so interesting so you say that fun. though,
1: because as someone who I've seen Andre Sills in an Octoroon and in mm-hmm. Master Hill and the Boys, where quite frankly race are like prominent themes in both of those um, like the, the moments you're mentioning, like I, they totally went over my head. Like I mm-hmm. did not even think of, of of that, like, and obviously, like you're saying, paying homage to that with mm-hmm. a, an actor of color, 100. percent. But mm-hmm. I just personally find find it. You're mentioning these moments, and and I did not even mm-hmm. think to to place right. And so, ha- yeah,
0: and look let, let's have you, Wayne. Since you've been very quiet <laughs> throughout this whole discussion, <laughs> where, where where do you stand on on uh,
3: this? I'm not I'm not quiet because of anything brewing um i i mean i i i watched the production I, I i saw the um the blind casting and i mean there was also projections of like civil rights movements in there yes uh so i i, I mean it kind of the civil rights like that sort of stuff i mean i i get mm-hmm. how it mixes in uh but yeah going to like mm-hmm. ryan's point where there were like clear moments like what he was saying boy and, and I was, I was humble, oh I guess uh, that is kind of like uh that does carry a lot of weight with it. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm I'm not uh I'm not personally I, I mean I I don't I don't represent every black actor out there. Uh, I can always speak for myself. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> when I say this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I can always uh, when I say this I say this for myself, but I'm not somebody particularly interested with like uh like with like political I guess uh like politics within theater. It's Mm -hmm. not really my forte. I I have a lot to say when it just comes Mm -hmm. to like the artistic and like symbolic, uh, elements of a show, but Mm -hmm. like the political ones just kind of, I'm just not really Mm -hmm. with it. But I mean, if I, if I like am to speak on it, then it kind of came off as a sort of an apology. If I, if I, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I know that because this play came before Slav and, uh, yeah, Kanata, yeah. yeah. uh but like you said, it's like they they were planning they were planning the works uh I'm sure months in advance. Uh so it's like I I mean, I don't know, I just it, there is like this sort of uh I guess kind of playing into, especially with those two plays coming out right afterwards, that's just kinda I don't know, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe it's not. <laughs> so that's that's yeah. really all I have to say
0: yeah. on it. I mean like uh, overall, I mean I I, I yeah, I, I think it's just nowadays I mean we now kind of have to go back and look re, look, re-, re- reevaluate
1: because I think
0: that's where this question kind of came from around this is where you were kind of originally going when you pitched this question to me for the yeah. panel which was the idea of in, in the new light because there's a lot of times where art gets reevaluated down the road where it's like oh maybe we maybe we shouldn't have done that
2: well yeah that, no, it's, like,
0: it's very interesting there right? I, I think
2: based on the specific nature of the, these controversies mm-hmm. and like let's keep in mind that these are not the first controversies that La has had especially mm-hmm. to do with race and casting like mm-hmm. uh, certainly there was some early productions of his that did use actual blackface it was like his production of the of the Becker's Opera the Busker's Opera did have actual oh. blackface on stage like it was a Different time, but still a little (laughs) uncomfortably too recent. And and also uh, in Needles and Opium, certainly, like before it was a three hander, it was a one man show. So he played the role of Miles Davis himself in like a somewhat tasteful shadow sequence. Uh, But then they actually, you know, re performed it later on with an actor of color in the role. Mm And uh, certainly like his Dragons trilogy as an update, or Blue Dragon, I don't remember which one was, first and second, you know, integrating more collaboration from Asian-Canadian actors. Uh, and yeah, so I'd like to think that there is, you know, LaPage and Ex Machina in general has always framed themselves as this company that is devoted to the work in progress. Nothing is ever finished. Things can get mm-hmm. revised and revamped. Yeah. So I think I think there is certainly hope for Slav and Kanata to actually, you know, have these like better future productions Mm -hmm. that do have more creative input from Mm -hmm. the communities in question that feature more performers of those backgrounds but Mm -hmm. yeah I I, in terms of the question of just how we reevaluate like his career is going to be fine he's doing okay he has a lot (laughs) coming on the horizon yes he does like People are still it, wanting to work with him. It would be very different if we were talking about, like, an Albert Schultz production, for example, who, right. another Canadian theater celebrity who, for different reasons, has fallen from public grace and mm-hmm. probably will bounce back because of it. Mm-hmm. If you're watching Albert Schultz, I'm sorry, just like but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Truth. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> uh, well. We kind of answered the next question of is this show on brand with Robert Lepage? And I think we all agreed that with what we've seen, the technology aspect is very, yeah, Lepage. like you see the clips of his um 887 um, eight, uh show that he did, where you see where it's the house and the apartments, and you see the projections inside, and just the way it kind of spins mm-hmm. and intercuts with the different sets, you can clearly see the technology. And as Ronnie pointed, if you're going to do a technology heavy Coriolanus, or any type of technology-heavy show, Lepage is kind of your go-to guy to do this right, and I think mm-hmm. I have to, I, I do think this kind of is a very on-brand for him to do this really kind of in-depth, cinematic reinterpretation I, of the work.
1: I definitely think he, he will probably be a post, this this is an elaboration for you, a post-pandemic mm-hmm. pioneer in the oh. world, 100%.
0: There you go, Jill coined that term now. A wordsmith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it not be Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you seem most familiar with Lapage's work. Do you think this was this was mainly on brand with his uh previous works?
2: Yeah, certainly on brand, I would mm-hmm. say. I mm-hmm. kind of feel like we've addressed this already, but yeah, yeah. certain there were definitely the moments. The camera work one, yeah. the car was another, the, yeah. the yeah. texting certainly like mm-hmm. yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's why you hire someone like him to Perfect. do that. Fantastic. I mean, awesome. Shakespeare production.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of Shakespeare, let's dive in. Let's, we have the last few questions of the show and they deal more on the text side of things. Mm-hmm. So the first question we have is, if Coriolanus had become consul, do we think he would have done well in the position? Ed, I'm going to let mm-hmm. you lead first.
3: So I really see... This character as the contrast to Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they both come into Rome, a hero, uh, a war hero, and mm-hmm. one finds more success than the other. But mm-hmm. I mean, he, he wasn't given a chance to, to really be a consul, mm-hmm. to really implement any law or order. But, but if uh, he
0: had become a consul. Do you think do you
3: think he would have done well in the job? Well that's what I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm that's why I bring up Julius Caesar because it's like mm-hmm. it's hard to say, right? It's it's Julius Caesar did well and he had a air of arrogance about him mm-hmm. too and pride but mm-hmm. uh you know when it comes down to actual action Coriolanus is somebody who gets it done. Maybe the means is, you know, the, do the means justify the ends? Mm-hmm. the ends justify the means? Maybe the means are are a bit radical but I mean, at that time, I think in the in the beginning of the play, they said that they were facing a, a, a disease, right? A, a, a plague a fam- of their own. A plague? Yeah. yeah. a famine, yeah. So a famine, um, yeah. And I mean, that wasn't very like uh, like in the I guess patricians' uh, realm. That wasn't mm-hmm. too heavily like like addressed upon. It was like mm-hmm. I think I I guess just to nip it in the butt. I think Coriolanus would have done some good in that mm-hmm. time uh mm-hmm. at, at with those circumstances i i do think he he would have um mm-hmm. because he is somebody that truly loved rome and fought for like his country uh mm-hmm. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're i am like, waiting to answer
2: they yeah. have but Jill's making a face. So I want to let her go first.
1: I'm gesturing up a storm over here, um, <laughs> <laughs> conjuring the tempest. So that's really. my, um,
3: that's my. I want to believe. I want to believe in Coriolanus.
1: <laughs> I, I do too. <laughs> uh, um, I um. I do too. Unfortunately, and in a way, I kind of feel bad for him. In a sense that I don't think like we. I've already mentioned this before. Um, the whole idea of of a warrior being a politician, you know, uh-huh. of, and. Reality TV show person being a politician, you know, it's like I'm, I'm not going to have a plumber dude. do my brain surgery, and I'm yeah. not going to have a surgeon, you know, do expert work on my toilet. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. to me, <laughs> there's certain um, circumstances in social um, hierarchy in a way that yeah. that I feel needs to be um, addressed and abided to. But the problem with mm. him, though, is I feel kind of bad in a sense because I feel like he could have had potential as a human but just mm-hmm. the dialogue that he's only ever known mm-hmm. from a very young age um is is militaristic and warrior-esque and dealing mm-hmm. through the physical and just going back to all these commerce interviews that they're having and the idea of the warrior being you can't bring you can't transpose civility over top of military mm-hmm. right and it, yeah. and it's you know, in a in a utopic world, yes, hopefully you could do that, or there would mm-hmm. be sort of a blend of that. But so in a way, I feel bad, because I do think mm-hmm. he does have strong qualities that would make him um, mm-hmm. um, a very aggressive, but um, res- like, respectful voice for mm-hmm. the whole. I just don't think he's ever been given the vocabulary or the means to do that. And you see mm-hmm. that even like his mother, the person who raised him, right, or essentially, mm-hmm. well, I guess too, she actually says like, sucked from teeth so quite literally like mm-hmm. she was an an evident part of his life um mm-hmm. but has always kind of talked over him or talked mm-hmm. down to him and and yeah. never really measured up to mm-hmm. verbally being you know like the, the perfect boy for her right. so it's mm-hmm. like he he wasn't even given the vocab mm-hmm. to do that so mm-hmm. um it's just like wrong place, wrong time. I think yeah. for him as well. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to we had this conversation with Lear, it's like mm-hmm. this person doesn't belong in the time frame that is mm-hmm. is being offered to him at the time. Yeah. So I guess in a nutshell, I don't. I I'm gonna have to disagree with, ish with Ed. Just saying, like I don't think he has the means to be yeah. be like mm-hmm. a, an overbit, like a, yeah. an all encompassing console. Yeah.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Ryan. Well, I
2: think I, I, disagree, like, I think, I also disagree, Ed, sorry. I
0: also disagree, Ed. We agree I against it. All, at all at once.
2: I knew <laughs> it. I think the reason for me, though, comes actually down to something you said, and that you said that he loves Rome, and he fought for Rome, and did also... And my question is, does he love Rome? Because the, <laughs> the, yeah, I, I the second the that... Well. well, and I guess the question that I bring up is, what does it mean to love like a nation state, this mm-hmm. kind of, like, non-existent, mm-hmm. this imagined community, to use mm-hmm. Benedict Anderson's mm-hmm. India. Like, does that mean loving its people? Does it mean loving the concept of the nation? Like, mm-hmm. just when the second that the people turn on him, he is very quick to join the Vultians and yeah. fight yes. against them. So yeah. I, I have a hard time thinking that I think what he loved was the place war. he had in it, the war that, like, mm-hmm. he... Yeah getting back to what you said, Jill, that this militaristic attitude that his love for Rome was the love of incurring wounds yeah. mm-hmm. in, in defense yes. of Rome and showing
0: 27 off. wounds, 27. as I say, in the script. His
1: dictionary is only mm-hmm. actions, I feel. Mm-hmm. like you know He, he doesn't have yeah. the wherewithal to use words, right? Yes. It's always like, mm-hmm. if I can't physically be here, I have to be there because that's the yeah. only means mm-hmm. I know how to operate. Yes. So being a consul, being a, a voice for the mm-hmm. people, like
2: It shall not be so. Yeah, and I don't even think it's necessarily because he would be bad at politics, although you would argue that he certainly would also be, but I think it's just the lack of love for Mm
1: -hmm. Rome
2: Mm -hmm. itself, as opposed to the idea of Rome Mm -hmm. and the idea that he's fighting for, doesn't Mm -hmm. match up with, as soon as he's come face-to-face with actual Romans, his opinion of Rome changes very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, when when in Rome. (laughs) Yes. Ha ha!
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Guys, this episode is so punny. I love it so much. I,
0: <laughs> I will also say I do not think he he would make a good consul, just because I wrote in my I I really took down what Andre Styles said about him, where, where 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 they say it's great that while he is honest and unable to lie, he is a military man who is not empathetic. He does he does suffer from pride and is and personally does not like leadership. And so and he also lives in the world of absolutes, where he is, where as the military, it's like you will go in, you will kill the, this group of people, you will go conquer this area, go take that hill. And mm-hmm. in politics, it's all a world of gray, where sometimes your friend is your friend, and sometimes your friend is a backstabbing snake who will, yeah. who will vote against your thing. And he doesn't deal in that world. He can't mm-hmm. mentally compute that type of world where he doesn't Where that, and that, that's why. um what, what are their names again, Ryan? The two the two senators. Brutus and Sicinius Brutus and Sicinius The two of them. That like that's why they with him in the Senate. It's because they understand that game field and he doesn't which is why the whole idea of the campaigning, that scene where he's like, Why do I have to campaign? I already like got the wounds. I, I've already done yeah. the job. Give me the title. Let's go. Yeah.
3: Well, you and bring it, up something very you bring up yeah. something very interesting, Mac. Because, okay, he's not Part of that world, but is mm-hmm. that the sort of people the backstabbing? I was just ones? thinking that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that the kind of people we want? I,
2: like that is, it, is
0: the world of politics. No matter what, it's you yeah, but, I
2: mean, is that Politics, what you but is that desirable people? in a leader? Yeah. It's like knowing the system, the sneaky back alley deals, and you back. have
0: to yeah. as yeah. a leader. Yeah. You have to know your battlefield. It's the whole thing of why is he good military leaders because he can think like the volscians and, and beat them. Same thing when he switched over to the volscian side. Why is he so good at his job? Is because he understands that playbook. Politics, but, to get to get anything done in politics, you have to understand that world and that playbook. That's like why we don't know.
2: I, I, I know, know. like, I, I have seen the film Lincoln, so I know what you're getting at, and, like, even good leaders have to do it, but at the same time, like, those two characters, like, reek of, like, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell to me, and, like... They are! That's like, exactly
0: who they are. You know, that's the game they play, and, and they it, control but, that world. That's their playbook.
3: But I mean, well, this plays into a, and I guess this really goes into the relevancy of things. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, that's, is that something we shouldn't let let change or even dare to try and change with Drain the this- swamp. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, you I mean, I mean, see people try to say they're going to change their the playbook, but unfortunately, the way politics is built these days with. With lobbying and big and, and big deals behind closed doors, no matter where you go, especially in the Western world, in democracy, it's just the way democracies. I mean, you go watch but, a show like John Adams, which yeah. is all about the creation of, of of the Declaration of Independence. Great show, of Paul Giamatti from two thousand and seven. But that whole but the, the whole, back, say, the whole Mac, backroom dealing of what goes on into making that. Mac, let's thing, say, yeah.
3: Let's say he did, you know, become consul, and he did, and he was able to get rid of all that. Would that not be something favorable? Since that's not. Well, oh, if he could he get rid of it, that'd
0: be, that'd be great. if he could. But even Meninius, yeah. he deals. In but that there's still,
3: world
0: there's scoring. still,
1: even, even, though the game, well, the Sineas, even though Brutus and Cinneas, even though and are snake-ish, like there's a mundane. Like, they, they still, if like, you're it, a political leader, you need to have an equilibrium between things. You know, like you need to have that 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 gumption, that angst. But you also yeah. need to be common, common enough that mm-hmm. you're 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 glazing over all all realms, all walks mm-hmm. of life, right? Mm-hmm. So as a person, you might not be the most bold, you might not be the most characteristic or, or the picture perfect portrait of it. Wow, my mm-hmm. alliterations and closes are on point. Uh, <laughs> um, but some someone like mm-hmm. Coriolanus, because and even Andre Sills in his particular interpretation, he mm-hmm. said in his interview, he's like. He's sort of like the anti-hero in the sense that he mm-hmm. stands by his beliefs no matter what. Yep. And that is not what a leader is like. A, mm-hmm. You need to sort of encompass all walks of life, regardless of how you behind closed doors mm-hmm. exude the, your own persona yep. that unfortunately, yes, there's sometimes un- like people who personally don't fit the quota, but publicly mm-hmm. do glaze enough wherewithal to sort of be be like a a, like a knowledgeable voice Mm -hmm. of the masses like whereas i don't think coriolanus had like just by sheer fact of not having any verbal etiquette any Mm -hmm. verbal foundation any verbal beliefs you know like he doesn't have that in his in his person so i guess Mm -hmm. from from a from a, like, philosophical point of view, yes, Ed. Like, someone like Coriolanus coming in and <laughs> infiltrating and switching things up and, you know, having – that would be interesting. That would be, you know, like, intriguing to sort of have, mm-hmm. like, d- to to digest. But this mm-hmm. character alone, I think there's too many red flags. Mm-hmm.
3: I think it's also important to note that when he got into office, they they were working – they were – what is it, poking at him? Mm-hmm. Right. yeah they, yeah they were working to, sure. they were working well, i mean that that's
0: exactly like, what they were doing from, from the get-go they were already needling him yeah. to try and make him act out which which, which played into their narrative it's funny you said needling because
1: thoughts. you think of you know Coriolanus has his whole like saber his whole saber, saber of his office mm-hmm. yeah. whereas they have the darts you know what i mean yeah. like it's mm-hmm. little it's little big it's squeamish it's bold it's yeah. you know yes. there's there's yeah.
2: The darts have precision, and the sword has
1: volume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the sword's also curved too. So it's like yeah. any any cut, any is going to be very like different. Whereas, oh, you know, I
3: really like that sword imagery with the two offices and mm-hmm. the sword mantle, and then yeah. that was parallel yeah. to the paper board, the board of papers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think is the
1: picture perfect politician in all of this is Menemius because he can he speak. Is. He can speak both languages, and he knows yes. that he can. Yeah. He, he's the picture perfect like. You have just just the dash of arrogance, but mm-hmm. the the actual knowledge to back mm-hmm. up your points and your opinions yep. to the point where even you know when there's a huge ruckus happening where um, Coriolanus was going to go off on Brutus and Sicinius and they were Mm -hmm. running back and forth quite literally behind the hallway. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that scene, Meninius just like freaking takes the saber and just like tosses it on the wall. Like, it's like, you just held a weapon of war and you just were like, "Mm -hmm, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what you're doing. Like you can physically and verbally slay Mm -hmm. anybody. So it's funny yeah,
2: for console everyone let's do it. Oh my
1: God, 100%. Even so that's what made that the scene where he wants to to break down the gate um
0: yeah.
1: and you know you have these sort of buffoon guards <laughs> telling me can't pass yeah. and literally Tom McCamus alone is kind of just like it's funny it was kind of like a look into him too he's like do you know who i am like i've yeah. been on this stage way longer than you ever like you know there was just like knowing yeah. him but like yes that alone was such a cool thing because he, if it wasn't for like quite literally a bullets being pumped into his body because mm-hmm. he's like, well, clearly these people only know how to shoot. They're not going to yeah. sit and have like a, a civilized conversation. Mm-hmm. He could have walked right in 100%. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but then he, again, there was that he knows he's, he's like an or an aura seeker I feel in a way, because he he knows how he needs to conduct himself Mm
5: -hmm.
1: with Mm -hmm. everyone he's in relationship with. Mm Um, he's so, you know, like he, he knows to just be calm, cool and collected and a grounding yeah. force in the mm-hmm. living room scene. Cause he's like, the is going to go off. Coriolanus is <laughs> going to act like a child. They're going to end up yelling at each other. So I'm just <laughs> here to sort of be the mediator. It's like, yes, you know, yeah. your role. And to me yeah. that, that is, a, is like a picture perfect console or politician, mm-hmm. in my opinion, yeah. you need to know your enemies and you need to know your allies.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you also need to know, like how to conduct yourself with them mm-hmm. as well. Like, yes. yeah. Well Mananias
0: said, is mm-hmm. for console. That's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. So yes, very good. Okay. <sighs> last question. Woohoo. We're here. Uh, so the last question is, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think you to have a little bit deeper is what elements do we think were highlighted by the modern setting? What elements do we think were lost by the modern setting of, of the show? Ryan, I'll let you lead on this one.
2: Mm, I might need a minute to think this one over, so come back to me. Oh boy. Can, you,
0: okay. can you read it again, Mac, again? To yeah, just... sure. Uh, what elements uh, uh, do we think we're, ha- were highlighted with this modern production, and what elements do we think were lost? So the setting of being modernized, mm-hmm. what do we think was highlighted by this setting, and what do we think maybe was lost? I mean, Ryan, you pointed out, start. So I think, Ryan, you pointed out the whole idea of taking away all those intercutting scenes with the public because mm-hmm. you can do that now with technology mm-hmm. um, but at the same time the modernization highlighted the modernization of our own political atmosphere with the senate and the consul and the idea of campaigning door to door and the whole mm-hmm. idea of the military and the people trying and somebody who's not supposed to be a politician trying to be a politician mm-hmm. we get that uh, there's a lot of great modern things you can do but at the same time I do think you are right in the editing of the process the loss of the the voice the, the larger voice of the public that's in that play, mm-hmm. not in this play that isn't there on that lupage cut. See,
2: it's funny you say that, because while well, I do certainly think that was a great loss in this production, and I understand just to streamline things, a lot of it yeah. was cut, some of it was kept, but yeah. I think, in my mind, that almost doesn't feel related to the modernization to me, I think. Mm-hmm those same cuts could be made even in like an old sword and sandal toga version of the solution as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I'm struggling to think of, I I think in terms of just what the modernization added, and we've already Mm -hmm. sort of discussed this, whether we needed to add this, but it does create a sense of the timelessness, so to speak, or this atemporal Mm -hmm. feel of this could be now, it could be then, it could be the 40s, it could be the future, like, Mm -hmm. any like. Issues like this can always happen, have always happened, maybe always will happen. Mm -hmm. And so by unmooring it from its certainly from its early modern origins, let alone its Roman setting. Right. I think it does hammer that idea home. I don't know if anything is particularly lost due to modernization, maybe just the intricacies of Roman politics, but because Shakespeare was writing it to comment on his own, Elizabethan, or Jacobian maybe by this point. Yes. Politics. Anyway, I don't know if it's essential to keep that mm-hmm. setting the way it is. Mm-hmm. I just, I like period things in general, so <laughs> I never complain to see fancy dress. Yeah. <laughs> sure. mm-hmm.
3: um, but not essential yeah. for telling the story.
0: Mm-hmm. Ed, how about you?
3: Um, I think this is just a, a general sort of problem, and I think that the play because it was set in a modern setting, just kind of let that be, a, let that be okay. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what I personally think is when it comes to approaching the text with Shakespeare, it's that I find that a lot of, a lot of Shakespeare plays that people are just looking to, or actors are just looking to find out what is this saying, right. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to what image is this painting? Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, Shakespeare is still poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I just think that the modern setting, if anything, if it loses anything, if anything is lost from this play, is that it's just the the poetic elements within the speech.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am gonna agree with Ed in that sense. Like there there's um like it was it was such a wonderful spectacle to watch, and I was never lost in in the the drive of the plot, but Mm -hmm. when it came to the, the introspective relationships and, and like the communication between stripping down like all the spectacle and just the text itself and what beauty can come of that and having Mm -hmm. that bleed into the physicality of the piece. Um, I will, uh, pay props to, um, I believe, hold on, his last name is escaping me, Graham Abbey, who played mm-hmm. Ophidius. I think he did a wonderful job mm-hmm. of multiple things. One, playing the role that Lepage's production has him play mm-hmm. via that B, um, the role that this Ophidius is, and also the role mm-hmm. in this sort of multimedia production.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Two, he he continued like he has the traditional re- relationship, or or susses out the the beauty and the poetry that Ed was talking to, and mm-hmm. C, it it's like he he knew this production was filmic, and mm-hmm. it was almost like he knew that it would be one of the ones that would be blown up into proportion mm-hmm. of like this is a filmed version mm-hmm. of a Shakespeare thing that's going to be on YouTube because mm-hmm. it was he ha- he encompassed all that. Mm-hmm. when when mm-hmm. the camera the lens that we are meant to see with this youtube mm-hmm. depiction um he was on stage but doing a very brilliant filmic job of mm-hmm. of acting it as well mm-hmm. which i was like you are killing it because theater and and film are completely different mediums um yes. and as an actor it's it's very it can be very challenging to differentiate Mm -hmm. too. And he did it at the exact same time, um, which I was like, wow, this is, this is stunning work. Um, so in a way I wanted more of that. I wanted there to be, Mm -hmm. even though it was like in this cinematic background, I still Mm -hmm. wanted the relationship of the, that the text has Mm
5: -hmm. to
1: offer to, Mm -hmm. to be, um, I've been saying digested a lot more, a lot this, this episode, but it does make sense. The body of politics, we are talking about digesting and and like Mm -hmm. viscerally um, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to see, to see more, more relationship to the text. Yeah. Um, Okay. That was lost through through the multimedia setting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Ryan, any final thoughts before we wrap up?
2: Mm -hmm. I guess, kind of, just piggybacking off the conversation we're just having about like modernization.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think it's very interesting that the promotional photography for this play keeps it in his Roman armor, and it, yes. yeah, yeah that costume that is, that is really appears nowhere in the production. No, like, not. Yeah, and I, I don't know what to make of that. Well, are guessing? I think, well,
1: like, guessing.
0: Well, like, well, I I think that people. ties <laughs> back to because Stratford will do these photo shoots particularly mm-hmm. for their seasonal programs. They do them way in the spring when they're still finishing up the current season. But
5: mm-hmm. so before
0: really any design or major uh like director choices have been made. So if you look at a lot of the pictures they take, uh which I love, I mean I love getting my Stratford season program with all the different pictures. Yeah.
5: All mm-hmm. the different
0: seasons. But if you go look at them overall in general, they're very generical what that show is where it's like, ah, oh, Coriolanus. Okay, this is what right. this, is kind of the, this is the basic poster picture we're gonna get for now because we because the director just hasn't had a chance to work. It's basically like announce the show and the director cast the, the lead people so we can at least get them in some type of costume in front of a screen to do a picture for our programs. Right, we have
2: <laughs> but, some armor and storage. Put this on.
0: Thing <laughs> though, that's exactly because yeah, like I I remember I I I always remember that the 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 see, the the upcoming season playbill always comes out end of August start of September mm-hmm. it, and yet and yet they already have the see, the next season bookmarks which just the announcement of this is the theater these are the shows in the gift shop for free during the season that co- starts in like June I think is when they start that is when those bookmarks start coming out yeah, so people like, can take those with them at, to hold on to so like there's a yeah. pre promotional train that they're chugging toward, where I think that's why they had Corlanix in his armor, with, because it was like, yeah. we don't know what his costume will be yet. Like I guess it could be modern, it could not be modern. But it's it's modern, not a
2: huge deal, I just thought, yeah. because that costume does appear nowhere in it, and they go completely the opposite direction. I'm okay, just okay. always fascinated by the relationship between pe- like text and paratext in this yeah. regard, yeah, yeah, like yeah. promotional not material really. versus the production mm-hmm. itself.
1: In a way though I think it's brilliant because again like when you watch the production with it being there's being so many different levels you never have any idea like what's going to happen what's Mm -hmm. and then like we've talked about countless times uh, you don't know technically where in chronological time or place of mind Mm -hmm. these scenes are happening in Yeah. so it's almost it's almost kind of like witty in a sense of come see this like Roman warrior play and then he's like driving in a car with a do-rag you know where it's like (laughs) kind of spins it on its head a bit you know it's almost like this is we're not going to tell you what this is about at all like Like, you're you're going to do-rag
2: should have been the picture that they used though
1: i don't (laughs) think so at all because i think that would be chintzy i I don't
0: (laughs) think i I would have loved to see them use like the bloody look that he has in the shower scene. I would have liked that But I feel like, poster.
1: though, that's like every Macker's poster. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, Including it's a very typical Shakespeare of like, look, look at this titular character with blood on his face, you know, yeah. like... If
2: you the is. thumbnail for the one we're going to watch next week, it pretty much looks like that. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I would love to see a Mackers poster having Mackers on the cover make it the Three Witches on the cover. I'm There's sure some
2: have covers. done
0: that. I'm sure there have been, but we'll get into Mackers next week. I think that's it for this episode, though. Thank That's you, nice. everybody, for joining us t- today. Mm-hmm.
1: Tonight. Thanks for having us. Uh,
0: we look forward to seeing everybody for mm-hmm. our next episode of The Cup, which will be Anthony Chimilino's production of Macbeth. Yes, mm-hmm. I said the damn play name. We're not in the
1: theater. We can say it. Yeah. Yes, it's we true.
3: can. But
0: Matt world is
3: a stage.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and technically, you know, virtual this virtual could be, you know, a virtual stage down the line. Well, soon. I mean, nothing's falling on my head yet.
0: I haven't,
1: haven't <laughs> tripped a leg,
0: the so we'll see what happens. <laughs> but there we go. We'll see you all next time, everybody. Uh, be sure to check out uh, a couple of Hemlock's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Jill, I'm sure they can find you at, at all your social media pages. Which, uh, what are they?
1: So um, I usually try to keep it up to date as much as possible, Mm -hmm. but my artist's Instagram is Jillian with a J dot Mm -hmm. Robinson 96. I'm also into musical theater and, Mm -hmm. and songwriting as well. So you'll see a smorgasbord of acting, singing, being a goofball Mm -hmm. on my Insta. Um, Love it. Yeah. So that's where you can find my stuff.
0: Fantastic. Ryan, where can they find you and all the sadibs and fun Uh, stuff?
2: Yeah. Don't even bother. Just if you like me, just... Follow Cup of Hamlock. Basically just oh,
3: the Hamlock. direction. Mm. <laughs> just <have> individual. <laughs> Ryan's response is my favorite. <laughs> love
0: it. As, is there any is there any particular place you want people to follow you?
3: Yeah, so please follow me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no, you can follow me on Instagram at Edmund underscore Clark underscore official. Uh, that's, that's right. my actors mm-hmm.
0: page. Fantastic, and you can follow me at Mackenzie Horner or on all my podcast pages at Before the Downbeat. We just premiered season two as of today, really? so Ooh. episode one drop. We officially crossed the 2,000 listens mark, so Yahoo! Fun Lovely. times there. But other than that, everybody, we'll see you next time. Enjoy. Have a great week. Say hello. <laughs> and
3: hey. Have a great night.
0: And we'll Cheers. see you in the in the, high, in, the in the Scottish Highlands. For all right. Back. It shall tomorrow. be so. Tomorrow. Rule. All right. <laughs> Very good. Very style ambassador. How do the ball see ya!